Podeskew is brought to you by Proper Rumpus Media. Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate Rico. What's up, man? You rang. He doesn't actually speak. Though. He does in the show. He does in the show. I'm not arguing that, but for what we're doing, he doesn't actually speak. There's several okay. things that we're going to talk about in terms of uh, inconsistencies or 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 uh, evolution and evolution. Yeah. yeah so he, to speak. Yes, yes, that's true. But yeah, there's a couple. We'll, we'll get to all that in a little bit. How you doing, man? I'm tired. Uh, I hear that. <laughs> fucking the the dogs here have been running up and down the fucking steps all goddamn night. They uh they've been barking early in the fucking morning. So like you know, I'm off today. Apart from doing our recording. I was woken up at 7.30 and couldn't get back to sleep. Where's so-and-so? Isn't that his problem? Fucking so-and-so is sleeping like a fucking baby, you fucking fuck. Well, piss on him. He almost did it to you, so... I don't think I can reach. If he's laying in bed, you just stand next to him. I'm not like... gonna go up there and piss on a dude. <laughs> uh, but I... <laughs> you'll You'll really fucking love this, so... You remember how, like, I guess six months ago, my phone was doing that thing where, like, if you would send me a text message, I wouldn't get it because yeah. of, like, weird yeah. reception or something. And so and it would just be you. It would be anybody. Right, right. And I And I would be, like, I would be able to text people. Like, I'd be texting you, and you'd respond, and I would get no fucking notification, no alert, no ding, nothing, none of that right. bullshit. So I went and got a phone six months after all this was going on. Seemingly everything is fine. I'm at work yesterday, and I get an uh, Amazon alert saying, hey, your package has arrived. I ordered some movies for homework in the future. You know, just want to make sure, you know, I had what I had. I didn't really want to – if I'm going to rent a copy of something on Amazon, I'd rather own the copy. That's my whole thing. Uh, Depends on the film, but I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the film. Um, but also I'm a completionist. So like if I was going to get something that, you know, I have 90% of the franchise, I'm not going to rent the one fucking thing. I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm going to bite the bullet and own it. I'm getting an alert saying, Hey, we dropped out your package. They sent me a photo. It's just on the ground in my yard. I'm like, Oh no. So I'm texting Steph and I'm like, Hey, please grab the package. I don't want the dogs to run around and tear it apart or step on it or whatever. I get no responses back, and I'm flipping out. So I'm texting her every, like, five minutes. I'm like, Steph, please just go do this. No response. This goes on for an hour. At one point, I call, even though I'm at work. I call. I don't, like, put my, you know, phone in the ear and everything or mouthpiece or any of that shit. I just call, see that she answers, hangs up, sends her another text saying, hey, I just called on the sly. Please fucking look at your phone. Right. That's all I want is for you to look at the phone and right. look at the text messages. Unbeknownst to me, she is responding to every single text. 
And you're saying, not getting any of them. None of them. Yeah. I and so like I'm flipping out because I'm thinking like the worst is happening. The packages. I get I go out on my um, on my ten to have a smoke, and I call her, and she's like, "Hi, baby, what's going on?" I'm like, "What have you been doing for a fucking hour?" Like, I, in in my own world, she's either dead or she's just been staring at the TV, and her phone is just in the other room, or purposely ignoring you as wives tend to do. Yes. Well, I Steph's not like that. <laughs> I'm teasing. Of so course. she so she legit is just like. I don't know what you mean. I've responded to every single text message. I'm like, I haven't gotten anything. It's like, I've sent you photos. And she's like, by the way, yeah, you were concerned correctly. The dogs tore apart the packaging, but I managed to save the DVD. The contents, yeah. The contents yeah. are fine, yeah. There are a couple bite marks, but not. it just looks like a couple little fucking pricks. Just like their fucking oh, owner. There are a couple little pricks, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <It> just... <laughs> So it's it's safe, but sure enough, they'd ripped open the package, and it was that thin, flimsy Amazon packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just strewn. Like, the DVD cases were just strewn all over the ground. So, but then I restarted my phone, and then I got 15 text messages, mostly from Steph, two from you, one from Michael, three or four from my brothers. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on? Like... This is the second phone. This is the second time I've had. It sounds more like the, the service thing. than the phone, to be honest yeah. with you. You know, than the actual I, physical device. But I haven't seen that many. Like I've looked up on Google. Like, is this a common thing with Metro piece of shit phone? And there's no one. No one says anything. So it's been an interesting couple of days. But Steph and I yesterday signed the lease to our new apartment. Nice. So. Nice. So the next couple of weeks is going to be not only packing up Ron shit, but also our shit. But we we it's so funny. We have a cramped apartment and then a completely fucking empty, empty apartment across town and 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 one little Honda to try and move it. it as is, of now. Or if you just bite the bullet and rent a truck, we're, you know. we're going to. But it's, you know, to find a to not have Steph do the all that shit by herself while I'm at work. Of course, yeah. We're, tr- we're trying to figure out the timing for that. Um, so I think tomorrow's going to be the first haul. Bigger, smaller, same size as the place you're in now? Um, it, Bigger, uh, more space, but also less space. So, like, like because they're completely different shapes. ways. So, like, yeah. shapes yeah. and everything. Like, the new place is the upper unit of a house building so like there's people on the ground level below us there's people right. on the side it's it looks like a not exactly a townhouse but similar sure so we're on the left side there's someone in an apartment on the right side and apparently they're mirroring images of the apartment um w- when you first walk in it's a pretty spacious living room and then it leads to a fucking really long hallway like way longer than you would expect gotcha and and on the left side is first the bedroom, then there's the bathroom. Bathroom's a little small. Um, the the sink island like juts out just enough, so when you close the door, you're kind of like hitting yourself if you reach out to grab the door, I got pull you. it open. Yeah, yes, yeah, so you're kind of like cramping yourself little by little. Um, and then a kitchen is huge, like big, and okay. like a lot of like counter space. We'll be able to. I'll actually have some room to cook. 
Nice. Uh, and, and then it leads to a backyard, which we will share with other people. So we will have like a backyard. I will have my own parking uh, driveway for once. Woohoo! Because even though I fucking live here, I'm unable to park in my own goddamn driveway because of other people. Well, Ron had a collection. Ron collected. It's not, Merce- it's not necessarily Ron's cars. It's other say, people. Okay, because I was gonna say Ron collected Mercedes. Like kids collect Matchbox. Like that's a thing, or yeah. used to oh, anyway. And, and they're they they are gonna be sold. Oh, I'm I sure. Yeah, I might actually have to talk to you to see if you know if they'll be worth anything. Like based on because you're more of a gearhead than I am. So I mean, I don't know. I'd have to do some research too. But I, I Mercedes alone, and, and and knowing that a lot of them, if not all of them, are diesels, is helpful. But they mm-hmm. also just passed that law in California about electric cars, so that might right. make it more difficult now. So I don't know. Right. So that's my, a, that's, my whole. Yeah. I, I, I just don't want to be like, hey, I put it on Kelly's Blue Book and I got a grand for each one. You're like, you're a fucking idiot. You could have gotten five each. Well, yeah, I mean, that will ha- that I can help <laughs> you with. But yeah, you you, you want to. And honestly, when I sold my car in Arizona after my accident, I had a guy drive from Texas to come get it. He wanted it that badly. So, I mean, I didn't wow. get much for it because it was basically a, a paperweight because of the accident. But he still came wow. to get it, you know, so. All right. Yeah. Anyways, so, how are you, man? I we I've been droning <laughs> on. How are you? No, I'm I'm good, man. I'm I'm tired too, but that's because I do eight billion things now every week, yeah. and and it it is what it is, and I'm gonna continue to do it because brand recognition and then building and all that type of thing, and you know here we are. So, yeah. um, but let's uh let's get into this a little bit. We have um we are in week one of our annual Oktoberfest. It's the best way I can think of calling it, because it can't yeah. call it a horror fest, because it's not always horror films, but, you know, uh, so Oktoberfest, I think, works. Creepy and kooky kind of fest. <laughs> well, you know? this 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 particular episode, yes, but in general, you know, because I don't know if they're all going to be... They're all a little ghoulish this year. We could say that it's a ghoulish Halloween this year for us, I think. For the most part, so uh, yeah, I mean they're 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 more they're PG horror films is really the best way of describing them. Uh, no, I think the one week is not that's the one episode is not. So oh I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. So can't well, say they're, that they're they're tongue in cheek. There you go. There you go. Um, sometimes a tongue going through the cheek, but you'll yeah, 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 yeah. That's where so, I was going. I'm glad you picked that. Uh, up. yeah, but we also have a guest for this one. Uh, this person asked, uh, heard we were going to be doing this episode and was like, I, please, I want to be a part of this. So we were oh, like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like, you know, um, very excited to have her rack. We haven't had her on since 200. So that was, mm-hmm. which can I just say it was only 15 episodes ago, but feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah. It feels like at least like a year and a half right and no it's 15 weeks like or 15 yeah 15 episodes it's nuts to me yeah it's it is very bizarre time goes unnaturally slow and then goes unnaturally fast when you're a podcaster it's crazy yeah yeah it's really fucking weird um but yeah let's let's bring her in and we'll properly introduce and get on with the recording sounds good welcome jess it's great to have you back as always, it's good to be here. I've looked forward to this all day after a very long and a very stressful day. <laughs> it's my happy place, being with you guys, talking about things that I enjoy talking about. And as always, I am very thankful to be back 
and I am just, I love you guys so much. Oh, uh, we I'm love you too, to Jess. This. And it, it's so funny, Rico and I were talking just before you came on with us that, you know, we had you here for 200, which in the grand scheme of things was only 15 episodes ago. And it feels like a lifetime ago that that happened, but it's only been 15 recordings and we record weekly. So it's not that long ago. <laughs> like, I hope a lot of people have listened to that or that it shows up in your downloads or maybe you guys are getting subscribers because I've had a lot of history people and just general friends that have listened to that. Um, it, it, it had just a unfortunately to hear my general bitchiness. <laughs> and uh, so I, I really hope that it's uh, at least gotten a few hits it, for that one. It had a pretty big spike at the time of release, but you know, I, you know how it goes. You're a podcaster. It spikes at release day and kind of trickles off after, typically speaking. So, but it is what it is. We we had a blast. We were glad to have you there. We're glad to have you back now. Uh, as Rico has kind of alluded to before you you joined us, uh, we're discussing the Adams family today, um, specifically the two live action films from '91 and '93, respectively. Uh, uh, it's not to say we may not reference the, the, the shows, but I, I certainly don't know enough about them to really say anything outside of the fact that I know John Aston is Gomez and is one of my favorite people on the planet actor wise, but that's the extent of my knowledge <laughs> to the, why is John Aston one of your favorite? He just actors? makes me, I, I, it, maybe, maybe that's too strong of a phrase, but I, I just enjoy him and everything I've ever seen. There's nothing I've seen him in where I'm like, I don't enjoy his performance even when he's playing like a dickhead like he did in west side he, it's still he made he did a good performance you know what i mean so i i, I appreciate that from him you you, know? you, sh- you should check out the adams family show it's on prime it's got like one of those things where it's like you watch it with ads it's it's i yeah, watched no, a couple I, episodes before we started it was I'm, pretty good i'm i'm sure it is and i'm sure i would if i just had the time but and i don't even know if jess knows this because i know her life's been pretty busy but i'm doing like eight billion <laughs> things now between the live streaming the radio show and the podcast and you know so i'm i'm I, I, I don't even know what day it is. Actually, I know it's Sunday because we're recording, but that's the only reason why I know it's Sunday. So, you know. Well, it's one of those things. I don't know. Maybe I love TV and movies, specifically television, but I, it's so much that I've I've seen enough things that while I'm doing stuff, instead of listening to music or if I'm topped out on history, audiobooks, podcasts, I will turn on movies I've seen and listen to them. And um, I have to say the show's one of those things that I do it with because I always say the Munsters is just a poor man's Adam or like a poor man's Adams family. It's a it's much better show. True. It's yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like a a catchier, more primetime poor man's Adams family. So I've always loved the television show and everything, but not as much as I love these movies. The irony and is again I'm glad we're back to this, that only being 15 episodes again, since that was my number two, I defended. Yep, yep. I mean, the the, the, on, sure. the irony, though, is I've seen episodes of The Monsters. I've probably, I don't know if I've seen all of them, I doubt that. But I mean, you know, when I was growing up, if you were homesick from school, you know, they'd run reruns and stuff. And it was usually like I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, My Favorite Martian, and, and The Monsters. And, and maybe not in that order, but that would be kind of like... 
after after Price is Right, but before like afternoon cartoons, that was kind of your window of stuff. So like you know, you know. See, but I'm just a few years younger than you. Not like enough to be significant, but at that point, TV Land had come around. So the Adams Family would run in the mornings. Okay. Like as you're getting ready for school, or it would run late at night. If you were a kid like me, you were out, you're about whatever, like that was on TV, on TV land. And obviously, if anybody's ever heard my, <laughs> any of my episodes, know I'm a huge fan of classic TV. So yes, that's something yeah. I really, I loved TV land. That was new and revolutionary back in the day, guys. You couldn't just, I, no, I, you I, know, I rem- come over here to Uncle and Auntie Corner and let us tell you about Kurt Loder. And when we had to use, like, had to watch television and TV land. But that was, that was when I really got into it. And I was always familiar with the comics as well. It was just pervasive. It's one of those things I was exposed to. Fair enough. I, I, I Exposed I, is the right word. Yeah. And, and it's not that, like, I don't know. Like, I knew, I knew most, like, obviously the big characters, you know, uh, Morticia, Gomez, Fester, Wednesday, Pugsley, you know, Lurch. I, I knew, I, I've always known about those characters even before the movies came out. So it's not like when, when I saw the movies for the first time, it was like, oh, this is like, uh, you know, uh, groundbreaking. I, I, I was much aware that it, it was not, you know, for lack of a better phrase, new content, you know, so. I think a lot of that comes from the, the, the musical theme. The oh, theme, for sure. Yeah. Every, the theme was just as much as like, like you, you knew Luke, I am your father before you even had fucking seen Star Wars. If you grew up past the eighties yeah, and like me, but just like, like everybody knows it, it's the Jaws done it, but in fucking like kind of a whimsical, yeah. you know, macabre, but very television y way. So it's, it, the, the Adamses are absolutely iconic. I agree that the Munsters are a complete fucking ripoff. That being said, the Munsters have their own fucking charm. I'm a, I'm definitely team Adams. Um, <laughs> I'm still not going to fucking really have any. I, I had an interest in seeing Rob Zombie's movie, and then I saw the trailer. I was like, absolutely not. Fuck this. This looks awful. But see, by that same by that same standard, I have zero interest in watching this new Adams Family TV show that's coming with with uh, Luis Guzman and Catherine Zeta Jones, and all. like I just no interest from what I've seen of that. I'm intrigued. I I'm I I am a I'm a big Adams fan. So like. The fact that it's finally Tim Burton doing the Adams, which is like, I should have been all along. Rewatching these fucking movies, I was like, how on earth did Tim Burton not like wipe his fucking fingerprints all over this goddamn movie? It looks like a Tim Burton movie. The music by Mark Shaman is reminiscent of Danny Elfman. It's got that kind of macabre fucking humor that Burton is like known for and then you're like this was fucking uh uh, barry sonnenfeld's fucking debut as a director which which can we can we talk about the fact that he needs to get more creative with the font that he uses in his films like really like Uh, yeah the font in adams is exactly the same as men in black yeah it's it's almost identical except that there's a little bit of cursive in the adams and in in men in black it's all print but outside of that like it's yeah um, go ahead, Jess. 
So it's not that I don't love the Munsters. I mean, it has its own very different comedic. It's a different feel. It's much more, um, I guess it's much more marketable. It's sort of the Adams were sort of emo before that was a thing, you know, <laughs> and I always loved that. And that's the thing I loved most because, of course, I love Wednesday Adams. Why wouldn't I? That was just me. So as did I. That's me as an adult. So did I, but for probably very different reasons. Very different reasons, CJ. <laughs> um, you like Christina Ricci. I don't think you like Wednesday. No, I kind of like Wednesday too. Like I like I, listen, and we'll get to it. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of of values, but uh, I am about as close to that kid from the camp as as you can get. So I mean. I, 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 I totally, yeah, no, I, yeah, you're not wrong, Rico, but you're also not a hundred percent correct either. You, you might be the only person who is, who's jealous of David Crumholz. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is what it is. So. All right. But yes, your, your point, Jess. Uh, no, I was just, and further continuing on Adam's thing is because it was, it like we talked about, it's something that you're exposed to. And then we further moved on to Burton. And, you know, I, it's just a guy that goes on to do like Sweeney Todd, which is the worst, like fucking, uh, I'm not a musical fan anyway, more or less. Of you. But like all this time is spent, this is a guy that should be directing Adam's Family Reboots, being my point. Like it's so within his wheelhouse, you almost wonder like, how is this missed? Like you're jerking us off with us. We're like Edward Scissorhands, and this should have been a natural. Like, wait, wait, wait. Mike, no. My, 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 no, no. My question first: What the fuck do you have against Sweeney Todd? Out of curiosity, I, I'm not a musical fan. Okay, with, more or less that musical. Okay, more or less. I think it's just a uh, poorly done, despite loving Helena Bonham Carter, and I thought she was good in it. It's just a, uh, it's a tedious film. And it's presented in the most pretentious and tedious way it could possibly be done. It's like so, Burton's high on himself by that point. But uh, it's neither here nor there. I'm going to recommend you don't listen to our episode on that movie then. That would probably be a smart idea. So Yeah, good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, good night, good night everybody. Um, also, very yeah, quickly, on know, the Christian... Let's go back to your goddamn opinion. What? On, on, oh, on my the... God. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you guys invited me on here to agree with everything you said. That... Fuck. How, did, how do you not know? correct the thesis statement, and we'll redo this dessert, <laughs> yo. You've known, us for like, 40... You've known us for four years, Jess. You're, just, you're now just figuring that out? Come on. Like... <laughs> um, no, but the, going back to the Christina Ricci, also, she's nine days older than me, so, I mean, like, literally nine days older than me so i mean come on give me you know oh wow you you have a thing for older women who knew right that's it okay so anyway moving on um you go on with wednesday you will be full of woe let's put it that way yeah most definitely i can handle that so um and anyway let's uh i'm trying to think of where we should go let's let's get the easy part out of the way um about how fantastic Raul Julia is as Gomez Adams. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're ever, for me, and maybe this is just a me thing, and, and I already referenced John Aston, but I don't think you're going to do better ever, period, hands down. Like, no. <laughs> 
Well, that's the problem. I mean, you can replace that cast in different generations, whatever it is, right? In different iterations. I'm not saying that nobody couldn't have done as well as anybody else did in that film. Sure, sure. Raul Julia is irreplaceable, and he is Gomez Adams. And it's one of those performances as, like, such a giant of the stage and then screen and and be the the actor that he is this this to be the character part the really funny character part i thought it was really it was a great choice he is gomez adams no one will ever be as good well and, and that's and that and i kind of feel the same way about angelica houston like with all respect to christopher lloyd because i'm a fan i rico knows this we've talked about him on other stuff i'm a fan i think you could replace his fester I think you could, but I, but I, I, I agree, but I oh, don't, yeah. and I think you could potentially replace Pugsley, but I don't think you can replace Wednesday, Morticia, or Gomez from this franchise and have it as good. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. But first off, if we're going to talk about this movie, I'm going to need you to refer to Christopher Lloyd from now on as the guy from Taxi. That's an absolute necessity. That's a, <laughs> that's a fun callback for your yes, friend yes. or for your fanship. Um, so the guy from Taxi, yeah, he's replaceable. But I mean, I you know, it's not a Wes Anderson film. You can't like Angelica Houston's not essential. You can put anybody in geisha face and like <laughs> dark yeah. eye makeup. You know what I'm saying? As long as they're talented. And and she does play phenomenally against Raul Julia, which is very difficult to do. I'm not saying it's not impossible. Right, right. That part is impossible for you to just for anybody to deliver Gomez to the screen. And it's part of the reason I really love these films. Everything else is cute. Everything else is great. But he's the I love Raul. I love Raul Julia, and yeah. he is the most perfect Gomez Adams. You know you. You have those parts where you read something or you see something. You always expect Rickman to be Professor Snape. It's one of those that when Raul Jewel, like you don't expect that to be the choice, but once it is, you can see it in your mind. Right, it's like the right. character comes to life. Yeah, no, it, it is. A, yeah, it's a very bizarre choice because, like the comics, Gomez. I mean. CJ, I know you're 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 not excited for Wednesday, but one of the reasons why I am is because it's true. No one will ever be able to match the the level of gravitas and zaniness that Raul Julia inhibited as Gomez. However, Luis Guzman looks like the fucking character straight out of the comic. And if they're going for a if they're going for a more direct adaptation of the comics the cast they got is pretty spot on for the I mean, most that, part that's fair i'm not gonna argue that but it just yeah it I, which would be worse going for a more direct adaptation or trying to replicate raul julia you, exactly you, you'd you can't be really fucking furious if it was if it was someone just doing their best raul julia impression that's fair i mean that's that's, uh, that's a fair statement you know but i also so, i mean i i also I think we've talked about this, Rico. I can't imagine we haven't in four years of this, but maybe is that, you know, there are certain things that when when they hit a certain peak level, you just don't attempt them again. 
Do you know what I mean? And when, when you would get a peak level of Raul as Gomez or, you know, to the same point, not to get back into the, you know, because we, we do it so frequently, but like, you know, with RDJ as Iron Man, like you just don't do it again. Like you just yeah. don't, you know, it's a, you know, and I'm trying to think of some female ones that we, we feel that way because I know there are some, you know what I mean? Like, um, well, I mean, Helena Bonham Carter in in uh, Potter, the character escapes me right now, but like she, Madeline, Con- <clears throat> Madeline Conning Clue, yeah, Madeline Conning Clue, yeah, yeah, that's another or- very good example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jess. Um, you know, there, those are there's certain ones that when once you and honestly, and I know it's going to sound self serving based on what we talked about a few minutes ago, but honestly, Christina Ricci is Wednesday. Like, I as, as young Christina Ricci playing Wednesday, like. I don't think you're going to do that as well again. It's going to be hard to do it. You know what I it mean? It was an so. excellent casting choice in a time that, again, Christina Ricci, I feel like as a girl, as that age, you know, like it's, you know, if you were lanky, long, like you dark headed, you wanted to always be like some kind of supermodel or whatever it was. But Wednesday Adams in the moment that came along, it let you be the kitschy emo girl. Yeah, I mean, for sure, and 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 you know, it 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 it's also timing. I mean, emo was starting to kind of pick up a thing. Goth was a thing at the time. Like it was really. I mean, you know, Justin, you and I were. I mean, Rico, you were alive, but you were months old, so I don't suspect you remember. You know, whereas Jess and I are definitely old enough to remember. Uh, and to your point, Jess, I have a few years even on you, but you know, um, so yeah, it. it I don't know. I just really, <laughs> I'm trying to think how to put it because I'm trying. I'm trying not to jump too far ahead, but like I, I this is the first time I've watched them both back to back. Like I literally watched. I spent three hours and just did Adam Family and Adam Family Values with no break except to change the disc. Like that was the extent right. of the time, and you know, change the disc, let it load. So five minutes at best. And I got to tell you, two was a hard watch. Values was really? really a hard one. Really, I I think I think it takes a huge step backwards, and I think it's it's I was gonna say infinitely worse, but that's too strong of a word. So I don't I'm not gonna go there. But I think I think it is substantially worse than the first one by a long shot. And and I can point out to two two major issues that I have, but I don't really want to save those for later or to get into it now. But there are two big issues for me that really make that a bad movie compared to the first one? I'm going to say, because I'm going to quote Rico from, again, just 15 short episodes ago. Rico's right. That's why I think it's a great sequel. It feels like one long movie. There's no separation. That's like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you feel that way in a like a rewatch, Rico. But that's exactly what I feel like when I watch it. It's just one long movie, one long continuation of the Adams life. Whereas I feel like the first one's a really like zany 80s plot that hadn't really phased out in the 90s. The reason I like the second one is because we explore the characters. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. We explore the characters and their effect in the real world, real world. The Adams kids go to camp. Like it does seem campy not to mm-hmm. call on that, but it was very, uh, it was very much what people were doing in movies at the time. And I think it really fit the bill for there, but I don't think it's a total, I want to know why you think it's a total like shit show. 
my my two big issues are are pretty uh common uh things on Podesku. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Um and one of the most frequently when we did our Thor deep dive last episode is I feel like it started to try to go too comedic in values. Like there it is supposed to be a comedy overall. I get that. Like these are not meant to be like serious, you know, you know, uh introspective movies, but you know, compared to it, it's like Guardians One versus Guardians Two. I feel like they pushed it too far. Like Fester, Fester's nothing like he is in the first one, and I think it's I think he's regressed as a character. You know, um, you, you know, I actually have to agree with you on this one, CJ. And then that's that's the bigger point. And to a lesser extent, Rico, you and I hate this. We hate when they recast someone unless they like die. You know, mm-hmm. if someone dies, you don't really have a choice, obviously. Either you recast them or you write out the character, either or. And as much as I love Carol Kane, I don't want to recast Grandma. Like, that, no. like That That, that was weird. There was, no, And I don't know if there was a reason I tried to, re- I, I actually looked it up and I couldn't find it. I, I did some uh, research. The first one was a, for low-budget production, was a pretty big, like, smash, box office yeah. smash. Um, and the second one ended up grossing for a little for that, wait, 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 yeah, you're going to mess up our end of the game, end of the show game if you finish that sentence. So we'll tell you now. So, so we play a game at the end called what's in the box office. And we, we guess the, usually CJ's got all the information in front of him and I guess the budget and the box office. So that's what we'll be doing at the end of this. Yeah. So if, okay. if you if you but know now the numbers, you know it, so fuck. yeah. If you no, if you know no, the numbers, I didn't say the amount. No, um, I'm not going to say the amount. I do know it. I'm okay. sorry. No, you're fine. But I'm just saying, for a comparably low budget film, it was. I, I believe that decision is to further draw in with cast and to go ahead and profit off the but, like the success of the first film, right? But and so who do you put? But you know. The fairy from Scrooge. No, and she and she's a me and 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 Jess. If you've never heard the episode we did on Scrooge or the discussion we did on Scrooge, I love that character. So like, I I I'm not against her as an actress at all. I, I love her, but I I don't see the point in recasting for the sake of recasting. You know, and and that's what they did here. And and I I I fundamentally have a problem when movies do when franchises do that. Uh, but more so, like I said, they they tend they tried to push the comedy a little too hard. Fester, for example, but he, and as much as I I think the camp is one of the few things that actually saves the fr- the the film for me. But the, even there, there's aspects of that camp this the the camp that are so over the top that it's kind of too ridiculous for me. And I don't it's mean so the part camp they cast Nathan Lane. <laughs> who yes. apparently did a great job on yes. the stage production yes. because he he went on to play gomez like yes. for a broadway show i saw that which yeah i would love to fucking see that you know cj i, I i'm not going to go as far as say as i agree that values is infinitely worse uh, you know and i don't know that's not really what you're saying but you're saying that you really love the first one and you think the first one's superior I still cling to the opinion that the fir- the both films, they definitely feel like they're worthy of one another. 
They both, they, it looks like they, there, there's some like discrepancies with how the house looks, but you could just kind of chalk that off with, oh, well, the house is, myster- is just as mysterious as they Well, are. they actually, they actually, in the research I did, they actually did change the external and internal of the house on purpose. And, right. Yeah. But I look at the house as like another living organism. Well, sure. I mean, it's, when you have a gate that own. when you have a gate that cries, your your house is going to be as organic as anything else. So, um, yeah, whatever. It, it, it the the house, the Adams Manor is, uh, or mansion is is really is probably possessed by a lost Adams relative or an ancestor. Is how I'm kind of looking at it. I, I so I kind of want to go with. Great Aunt LaBorgia. I don't know why. That just feels like who would be, you know. Fine. That's, that's <laughs> totally cool. But with Fester, first off, I was, as a kid, I it, I accepted that the guy from Taxi uh, <laughs> played Fester. But after doing research and watching the show and seeing later interpretations of it, it doesn't work for me. His version is gross. It's just a weird, like, cackling, idiotic version, whereas Fester is kind of like a big kid well, and in I every fe- other iteration. A big kid, and there's like a certain level of not sarcasm. It's like the unintended sarcasm of, like, a child. It very much, like, I agree, no matter what, in either version, I don't. It's definitely not what a, I would have done. It goes over the top. But I think they're casting very much to, oh, that was a time that Christopher Lloyd, like, we still thought of him as this bizarre character actor. And not, you know what I'm saying? Well, he was they're Doc. Trying, yeah, he was. Right. We're trying to not make him look like Doc. I'm getting there. So that it's something different. It was just a poor casting choice it all is. around. But I, but now it's iconic to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, Christopher Lloyd was Fester Adams. And I'm just like, yeah, John Candy would have killed that if he was well, alive. See, and, he, and was, I, he was alive. And I mean, I, I I don't know that I can disagree with that point, Rico. But I mean, I, you know, to to what you guys are saying about Fester and, and admittedly, as we've already talked about, I don't know much of the history outside of the film franchise in terms of what the characters are supposed to be like and those kinds of things. Obviously, you guys do. So if that's the way he's supposed to be, then the second one actually seems to be a little more spot on based on the way you're describing, based on the way Jess describes it. I'm not criticizing anything. I'm just saying based on the way she says it. My point is that comparing just the one to the second, just those two iterations, I preferred the more intellectually... Well, but he's not, he's, he is, but he isn't like it's, I guess it's a blend of Gordon and Fester is a better way to think of it, you know, and Gordon, it's Gordon pretending to be Fester, not knowing how to be Fester. And then once he becomes Fester again, but but he doesn't, yeah, you're right. You're right, Rico, but he doesn't jump over to what you get in values. Even after he gets his memory back, you still get a little more, you know what I mean? I don't know. I I said it to Steph. I was like, he really became dumb. Like he really, and I. He yes. was like borderline, you know, mentally inferior. And I'm like, this is the guy that everybody's like lushing over when he was a kid. Like, right. oh, Fester was so suave and so debonair. And I'm like, he was? He's too. And the bolt, like, there is no suave. You're exactly right. They make it like, 
it works for the first film, but you have to continue on again, assuming people like you and I are not super familiar. It's the only thing they know is within that movie. So you have to kind of continue that into the second one. And they couldn't develop it into this character or that character. It's just, he's almost a foil character for the stories that occur in the rest of the plot line, including God help us, like Debbie. It's not just, I mean, when he's like love struck with Debbie, that makes sense for the character. When he is sticking fucking breadsticks up his nose and throwing up on her, on it her. is like it's it. Yeah. That's that's where it's that's, like I that's think what, what I mean. Yeah, to say. yeah, it's, yeah. It's like he should have just been gross, more or less in name. I, I literally, I I would have been better with it if he was just awkward around her. Maybe not to the point of throwing up or putting breadsticks up his nose, but just like stumbling over his words. Maybe knocking over a glass of wine on the table, but not like you know. You know, something like that, like that kind of thing or or not moving her chair out for or some shit like that. Like that kind of awkwardness would have played better for me as opposed to what we get. Even when like she gives him his his three week anniversary present, like the way he's dancing around the kitchen about it is like, come on, that's not the fester that we saw. Because it was Gordon, and yeah, I'm with you. Or the guy that knocks over the glass of wine and then starts quoting, like, Dante's Inferno. That would be a better, like, version of what is very Adam's family, what they think is, like, the height of romance. It's like, they don't hit the gothic enough in the second movie. That I will agree with. It becomes a comedy romp and less of, like, hitting that weird gothic tone in literature. And then getting the goth vibes and the emo vibes and then the comedy vibes all in there. Where, uh, but you know, that's the thing about sequels, right? I mean, at the end of the day, they are all kind of joyless cash grabs. This is just like one of those joyless cash grabs that I don't find that particularly offensive. The, on the the movies on a whole, I'm fine with. I like the plot of values, and I and I think as a sequel plot, it fits very well. Because what else can you do after the first one? Yeah, you have you have Fester back. You have to kind of fucking do something with the character apart from just make him that guy. And if Raul Julia is gonna fucking steal every goddamn scene, and Angelica <laughs> yeah. Houston is gonna fucking you know be her very kind of, you know, smirky. She's great in this, but she's like very smirky and kind of, you know, it's even, like share on a bad day. You know, it's really even, kind of even a her bad share day. Even her in the second one, I felt was a little, <laughs> a little more comedic than she was in the first one. Like what I liked about her and, and then she's not the worst thing by a long shot, but like I did like how her, her comedy in the first one to me was a little more, um, subdued it was really like almost backhanded like it was nuanced yeah right yeah thank you that's the word i was probably looking for it was very nuanced and and whereas in it was a little more overt or 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 up front in the not overt but up front in the in the second one yeah yeah yeah. It, it was very much in your face of it wasn't as over the top as say like Fester was, but it was still more in your face than it was in the first one. They definitely they definitely put in way more jokes in the second one than they did in the first one. The first one is very much reserved. Like you have to like when you want to appreciate the fucking jokes of the first Adams family, put the subtitles on. 
the fucking the little because they say it in the middle of their sentences of what the jokes really are. It's Norm McDonald's syndrome. That's what it is. I mean, that's you know, that's what what I loved about that character on SNL with Norm McDonald when he would be subliminal and like that's the same kind of thing. It's, right. It's, yeah. I will say between the two, and this is um not a defense it's not a critique it's just simply i think they're made in that time in that that period between making these two movies this is what sticks out to me the plot is more recognizable to me in the first one from 80s nostalgia oh the greedy uh savings and loan type banker that we all hated in the 80s you know (laughs) glass steagle dicks um being the bad guy right with not I mean, richard nixon in as the fucking tully character i mean jesus <laughs> right. if there's ever a guy who fucking unfortunately grew up to look like nixon it's fucking you that got guy. a socket to that guy right um so it's very much like that that's the thing i know and then we get into that where what the original movie is on the tail end of kind of a death of a certain A to B to C kind of thing that Hollywood turns out. So by the time you got to the second one, movies are different now. We're giving characters back. So you know what I'm saying? We're getting slowly into the time of reboots and sequels and nobody has any originality. So it's, it's, they're almost like they're written on the hair's breadth of two different genres. That's the only complaint that I really have from one to two and I think, like, that's why, that's where I transition, that I take them as two different films instead of the big long one, because they're right on that hair's breadth where we stop doing that 80s classic, you know, banker, weird, snooty, like, woman, always up in business. She's a super Karen and uptight, and the Adams family's gonna, like, chill her the fuck out. She marries cousin It, you know? Um, Which, what the and, fuck? Which, what the fuck? But that was that was one of those 80s, like, comedy tropes, right? And then you immediately turn around, and it's like that second movie shoved kind of into that Burton-esque whatever. And it's trying to pick up the 80s vibe feel and move into a new feel. And it's just a... There are a lot of sequels, a lot of movies in that time that are very confusing and not something that... Uh, it's It's that schlucky comedy that had almost died 40 years before that has that revival and um in a, in a brief period there in the 90s i don't know it's one of those things like why the hell did we watch clifford like you know one of those one of those weird bizarre fucking like why does this exist and the adams family did a good job of still existing within that what the hell is this like mode the thing about watching both these movies is that you you have to kind of like when the Adamses are in the vicinity of the scene that they're in okay logic kind of goes out the window because you kind of look at them as like well they're kind of magical in their own weird fucked up way like chaos stations like the 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 laws of physics do not affect them more or less uh they are basically in uh they can't fucking die. Like, is it, is it, 
prosthetics and fake blood that the kids are having on stage or did they like lose their limbs and that's real blood spewing at the fucking no you know, I the mean, parents that's definitely prosthetics i don't i how why because why is that prosthetic i know why well, no 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 because fester <laughs> brings them and gives them to them backstage but they literally have their like limbs cut off and it's like they were just using those limbs so it, it, they, it, he he gave them the stuff. He the gave hand. them the stuff, and then they're using it. Like it's one thing if like it's just like their arm is just laying limp at their side. That's how you know it's a prosthetic arm, and the real arm is like tucked no. up against the ribcage. No, not if you do it right. Not I, if you I, do it right. I, I I have to disagree with you on that, Rico. That's very obviously props that fester brought them like it's either way it doesn't matter whether it's real props or if it's like they really cut off their fucking hands and they just grow it back because that's how they roll this isn't adam adam's pool that's not what this is like you don't it, you don't it it, it might no, as well be it's the idea that the adams family are supposed to be a real family and life that live by cartoon rules which i thought was one of the things both movies did really correct because even in cartoon strips, by no means should it make any sense. The atoms defy physics. That's yeah, the baby should not be able to. You go with. The baby, you know, pubert should not be able to do any of what he is doing on screen. Well, that's kind of my problem with too. Like I said, it got too far into that. You know, that kind of. But shit. that, but that still works with the atoms themselves, like. Gomez should not be able to do the majority of the feats that he does, let alone thing should not be a thing, yeah. you know, for, but then see, I can handle the majority of all that logic and shit, because like I said, when Adams is in the vicinity, logic goes out the window. That being said, my biggest problem of like values is why are they having a Thanksgiving play in the middle of summer? Because it's Chippewa Camp, it's, the, the, it's it's supposedly where the 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 tribe of Indians that were at Thanksgiving, per the story. It's an now, early just making fun of a appropriation, actually. It's and that, that too. I give it yeah. those props. It's like making fun of white people appropriating that whole story because Camp Chippewa is going to do that Thanksgiving, and they the pretty pilgrims, and that that's supposed to be what you're. That's why it like drawn within those terms. oh look at the pretty blonde white girl and then here are the others it's i it's understood a good like social commentary for as early as it comes if that it's makes a, sense. It, it is an absolute great social commentary and i agree with everything you both just said that being said it would have been really fucking nice for like pugsley to be like why are we doing a fucking thanksgiving play in the middle of july no, see that would have been somebody should have done the bit. Yeah, that would have that would have been something Wednesday would have said though, or or that the kid the the, the character's name escapes me, but the fucking like, Joel, yeah, because because Pugsley, he's I don't wanna, just there. I I don't yeah I don't want to go as far he just exists yeah, as a foil. Yeah, I I don't want to go as far as to say he's stupid because I don't think he's stupid, but he's certainly not going to be the one that thinks of that you know like pugsley is there for the sole purpose of making people think did morticia fuck fester at one point <laughs> that's exactly right and to be like 
Wednesday can't be by herself with another Adams, right? She's no Gomez. So you have to have the children together. And it's like the spell of both of the children. The other one doesn't have to say anything. She's obviously carrying this story. So, I mean, like, yeah, totally. They could have used so many things better. But I've seen so many worse movies and so many Agreed. worse adaptations. Like, Agreed. I like I'm not going to say it's fucking masterful, right? Like I'm not blown away, but it works. It works. I I yeah. I actually feel like the, I mean your point's not wrong, Rico, but I actually feel like that's one of the highlights of the film is that whole play and the whole the I, whole, the, I have nothing against the Oh, I know you're not, I no no no. I I I know that. I, just, I was getting there, but like yeah, I, I but I do think that's one of the highlights of the film, especially when 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 Wednesday like turns on everybody and basically yeah. burns the place she's, to the ground, like she's the hero of my young life. Having watched that, and for all of these reasons, I have decided we're going to murder the beautiful pilgrim, whatever, and burn your village to the ground. I and and fucking so eat them. Yes. That's the thing that like people are just kind of like glossing over like and it's not like Wednesday and Pugsley fucking chow down on the on the counselors. It was the other kids are just like, all right, we're gonna I'm gonna take a nice big okay. bite of you know Christine Berinsky's ass and let me get a side of fucking what's his fuck. By the way, how weird do you think it was for uh Peter McNichol and uh uh the character Joel to fucking reunite what 10 years later, 15 years later for fucking numbers. Well, yeah. is it? Yeah. And isn't, um, I think Peter, Peter McNichol, McNichol's uh, uncle Jeff and Veep, and he can do no wrong. I mean, he's also, but I standards. think I, he's, that's the best improv work I've ever seen in my life. I think he's, I think he's also on a lawyer show with Baranski. Like they do it. They do it. Oh, pretty the good, short. The good fight. Why, or the good fight. Yeah. The good yeah. Wife, so. I, I think I think they were together on that as well, but and that's that's the point I was going to say is that this is the only time I've seen Baranski smile because the only two things I've ever seen her in is no no, no but the only two things I've ever seen her play is she plays Leonard's mother on The Big Bang Theory and she's about as stoic as you can get on that show, and then I I've seen bits and pieces of of the the good wife or the good fight and and she's not very like. Well, Diane Lockhart's a far way from her playing the reporter in Chicago, man. Like, she is a fantastic character. But even actor. then, she's kind of stoic. She's not very, like... She smiles She's a in... very funny lady. I've no, got I, two I... movies for you, uh, CJ. One, The Birdcage. I've seen that a long time ago. I don't remember a lot of it. I have seen it. Back yeah. to Nathan Lane. Right. <laughs> I would uh, love the, a Nathan Lane Birdcage Gomez. That would be the best thing ever. The the other one, fuck, it's been so long. I, I always forget the title of this movie. And it's I always want to call it Bullworth. I know it's not Bullworth. It's um it's the one with Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy, and he makes a fucking movie and Oh and, shit. You know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. I do. Um, I do. Bear with me. It's it's not Bullworth. It's something stupid like that. It's not the jerk. Oh fuck you, IMDb. You gotta be. Don't fu- say the jerk. It's not the now jerk. That's in my head, it's not the jerk. No, it's, it's not like an extraordinary film. It's like subpar comedy for both actors. But I know but it's actually about. oh, it's a uh, Bowfinger. That's what it is. B O W. There it is. Yeah. So so. 
she the whole premise cj is that he's like a shitty filmmaker and he gets this idea of making a movie with the biggest star on the planet eddie murphy basically playing eddie murphy right he doesn't know that he's in the movie he's it's an alien invasion movie so he's all the actors pretend like to do to do their scenes with eddie murphy out in public and he actually becomes he thinks that aliens are like invading the earth and so his reaction is genuine and it's so good christine baranski is like awesome because she's like a thespian (laughs) and she's like like going up to eddie murphy and speaking to him at, in character, so yeah, I would recommend that. She she has a lot of fun in that film as well. It's one of those films like nobody's like you have to see dirty work. I'm that person. That's one of those films that is so underrated. And oh my god, that's a good that's a good point, Rico. Hell yeah. Well, and I, that's I'm it. Not, she's great in that man. I'm not saying she's incapable of doing something outside of the stoic. It's just it's uncommon from what I know of her to do sure. something of that that level. She's much more. You know, I don't know if, uh, how much either of you have seen The Big Bang Theory, but Shelter, Leonard's mother is about as straight-laced as you can get and barely shows any emotion. I saw the first three seasons they used to make theoretical physics jokes back then, and then after that I was out. But there is an episode of her in that. She's good. But then again, I'm thinking like she's Diane Lockhart from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. But also, I, I mean, there's, her body of work is... Oh my God, she's the hardest, one of the hardest working people in Hollywood. And she's been in everything. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing she cannot do, her, whatever the character. And she's a person that takes really great, like, she does a good job taking parts. And she's funny in this movie. She's funny and out of the Yeah, no, great. Yeah. And and then as far as Peter McNichol goes, He's going to come back up later in this month, so I'll wait till then to, to talk about him, but he, he'll be back up later. He's so. a god. And, I love and, the guy. And P- so Peter, Mc, Peter McNichol has, in terms of voice acting, gave me my all-time favorite interpretation of the Mad Hatter in yep. the Batman Arkham game. He, I, I didn't know it was him, and then I, you, watch, you, you re-watch it or replay it, and he's like, oh, Alice. And like, it's very, it's yeah, Peter McNichol. it's well done. It's well done. Yeah. Um, I had to track down that game uh, because I knew somebody that had it had to track this down because I saw it on his credit and I wanted to hear it. And it's so good. It's good great. Call. Yeah, um, it's really good. If they ever made a live action, like, part of that whole thing, like, it was just they were going to make a movie of Batman versus the Mad Hatter, and it was all about like Batman basically running around Wonderland. One hundred percent, Peter McNichol could fucking play the Mad Hatter. One thousand billion percent. Um, That's who should be the Mad Hatter always. There, the the other random thing is that Values has a lot of TV actors that you were like, "What the fuck?" This is before they became famous. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, yep. plays yep. the fucking sailor. Uh, David Hyde Pierce plays the fucking yep. doctor at the beginning. Yep. Fucking Frazier's brother. I know who. No, I know who that is. I'm trying to remember the doctor at the beginning you're referring to. He has hair. That's why we didn't recognize him. Oh, when when they're delivering the baby, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's David yeah. Hyde Pierce. Yeah, Not and yet. then uh, obviously fucking uh, uh, Nathan Lane. We mentioned. I mean, he mm. wasn't really so much as a TV actor. He was hook definitely up, a Broadway. Hook up. Hook up. But yeah. it's only funny. I hate when they do that. Says that. 
Yeah, it's only he's just one of those people. Um, he's, you got Christine Baranski, you got Peter McNichol, you got David Crumholtz. Like, there's just like so many. Oh my! Like the only person that was like basically missing was David fucking Caruso. <laughs> for him to just like do a goddamn CSI Miami, like so you're telling me <laughs> that the play is during the summer. Well, I guess we all know what we're getting. We're being thankful for. Yeah, like he just pulls and off his puts sunglasses on and walks off yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah, that's... just walks into the fucking lake. <laughs> I but, appreciate what we're doing this for. So, like, go ahead and finish the secondary characters because you're exactly right. That's let's keep finish that point. Well, that's kind of it. Yeah, it's just, really, it's yeah. just sort of bizarre. But it's like it's those early credits and a lot of people that are going to be staples of the '90s. And now we know, like, and, we know and early people's 2000s, names yeah. they they break out in the early 2000s. They've broken out in big spots and big whatever. But so many people, you're exactly right. Like you can, you can gauge when this movie's made based on who has the small part. Yeah, before they, they were before they were famous, type of yeah. like, like those are the real value of of the fucking Adams family values. It's like, oh yeah, look, this movie is kind of ridiculous. Uh, fucking Joan Cusack is both. Incre- increasingly grating and annoying, but I, also fucking spot so, on for I, like I, so spot on for that character. That's I gotta tell point. you, I've seen her now in a handful of movies where she's not with her brother, and only one of them I think I've liked. The, Toy Story Two. No, <laughs> no, but but iron- ironically, it's toys. Oh, okay. You know, um, because she's in that with Robin, but you know, like. <laughs> I, I don't love her in School of Rock. I, I hate her in this, you know. But every time she's on screen with her brother, she's pretty fucking good. So I don't know what that, that she's means. She's heartbreaking and a beautiful character in the TV show Shameless. I never finished it. Um, it's, right. it's a little too real and traumatizing for me. But That's sort of why I stopped. I watched, yeah, I, I just, like, it was, it, was, it was just too damn much. But for what I saw of her, it's such a beautiful... Like really complex character that Mescusac plays in Shameless. Like she has real depth. You just have to go looking for it. Oh, I'm like sure she. I'm sure she has it, but I feel like there's something about when she's not with with John that maybe she like loses confidence or something. No, no, your show aside, uh, Jess, because I've never seen it. But I mean, outside of that, like I don't know. Just, just my opinion that every time I've seen her without John on set or on screen it doesn't she doesn't play as well i i i think it was one it was an snl bit where it showed like they do this thing when they show like whatever the movie that they're talking about like jurassic park it shows auditions and it's like all the cast members doing impressions of like jeff goldblum and roseanne for like different roles in like jurassic park or star wars or whatever and someone i don't remember who it was i think it was uh Chris Elliott's Chris Elliott's daughter, whatever the fuck her name is, she did this impression of Joan Cusack, and I never thought that that's what Joan Cusack sounded like. It was like it was like her doing the best Fargo impression, like "Oh, you and our," and it was just like all warbled all over the place. And I'm like, "Huh, I kind of see that," and now I can't unsee that. 
because she's not but doing this weird Fargo that, Midwestern thing. They're from Chicago, but that's not it's not a, a Chicago part accent. Part of it is like I know what you're talking about. Part of it is she does a really good job of kind of faking her overbite because, like it or not, Joan Cusack has like that sort of Phoebe Judge kind of lift, like that <laughs> lift. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's 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 the overbite and the kitten lip. It's you can hear it. Like it's it's kind of I like tried, how I fester. I tried so hard. Like it yeah, very much has that. It, like that's in the delivery. But it, it, that's part of what made that such a great impression. You can't unhear it. It's the same thing of when you figure out that Drew Barrymore talks in a small hole in the side of her face. Yeah. Well, I'm Drew. Like it's like down. Like like how do you make your fucking face? Your your mouth off center. Well, Anyways. I'm gonna send you whatever my newest whatever is. Sorry, I had the talk show on the other day, but she does very much do that, and it's it it can only be charming out of Drew Barrymore, out right. of anybody. Uh, otherwise, it just I sounds like a dumb value girl. But because it's so much who she is and how it looks and how she talks, and she's so just hot, like it works. I, One, I, when I. When I was a kid, I had a crush on Joan Cusack from Anna's Family Values because her cleavage was just fucking everywhere. I mean, it is through the roof. That but then, but but then undeniable. I grew up. But then I grew the fuck up, and I was like, I don't really want that type of crazy. And titties are not everything. And also, it's like, wow, yeah. she she didn't have to fuck Fester. She fucked Fester for kill him. <laughs> but like she could have done the whole bomb or gun thing after the mishap in the bathtub she didn't she wasn't she could have also just told him like okay we're gonna have sex and then she just like says this is how we have sex you lay here i'm gonna go to vegas that's called yeah. having sex and he and this version of fester is so fucking stupid he would have bought probably, that yeah yeah he would um, be like Debbie. like <laughs> Well, like at one point, at one point, she kind of tries that trick because she she goes, "Are you really a virgin?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "And how do you know we're not having sex right now?" And she's literally just sitting there talking to him. Like, I mean, it's kind of the same same thing, you know. But that is like such a creepy product of the nineties when Fester explains how he knows because he's like watching his brother fuck his wife, essentially. <laughs> like. <laughs> Which is also, yeah, and how, like, Lurch is in on it, and, like... Right? But here's something else that, like, I don't remember which one it was. It was definitely one of these movies where they basically implied that Thing jerks off Fester. I like, must have missed a bunch of stuff, because I don't remember any of this stuff you're referring to. Like, really, it's, I don't. They, they legit said, just, like... Like, it, I think it's the second one where he's talking about, like, I, you know, I need a woman, and he's just like, you know, what about Thing? Oh, I need a real woman. Yeah. You know, like, he literally fucks Thing. It's the very beginning of that movie. No, right. I need a real woman. Like, you are with Mortician. I, yeah, no, I remember it. I know, and because and it always all... creeps me out. Because it's like, so Thing's yeah. giving him handies every night? He's just... <laughs> <laughs> God, like it's it's well no no wonder he's screaming in his sleep then because that thing crawled into his room and then he screamed all night so like yes well thing was like hey bro like you're back like it's been a lot <laughs> it's been 25 years you're gonna fucking we're gonna do it's long time no see i mean let's let's give me a high five you... down low 
too slow. Yeah. Um, faster, faster, faster. Um, no, pronounce okay. faster, not faster. Sure. Um, can we talk about it's how? One of those things too. Sorry, really quickly. Mm-hmm. I hate the the reason I hate Christopher Lloyd most of all is that it's the way the accent's done, like. Like it's constantly, it's it's such a weird like trying not to be doc, basically. I, my name is Fester, and it means to rot. Like what? What voice are you doing, dude? Um. All right, what were you gonna say, Steve? Thank Two. you. It's such a terrible voice. Well, two two things. One, first off, um. Again, I, I it's obviously the same actor, the guy from Taxi, but I. When she throws the radio in the bathtub to kill him, you might as well have had him in dip because it sounded like the judge melting at the end of fucking Roger Rabbit. It was the same scream, almost verbatim. Um, but we can we also yeah. talk about how well Thing was done in terms of visually yes. Thing for its time. I think it, it holds. Still, I think, it still holds up. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it, it holds, holds up. up. Yeah, yeah. Not. It's like when you go watch the ninety four, ninety five Jurassic Park. It's one of those things that's with you forever. A disembodied hand that walks, talks, and thinks. It was masterful. Well, sides. Yeah, it doesn't talk. It, which, which, by the way, well, is one. Of, I mean, doesn't talk, but like does his little signs. Yeah, which, I which mean, communicates is a better word. Which is Dictionary. one of the, which is one of the better jokes in in the first one, where where he's trying to communicate to Gomez that Morticia has been captured, and he's and he before he gets to the Morse code, he's trying to to sign, and Gomez goes, "I hate when you stutter," and that just makes me laugh every time. Like it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny. It really is, and I mean, and and. Jess, you might be old enough to remember Sally, Jesse, Raphael. I don't remember there being call-ins to that show, but I mean, maybe. But I, I um, at the very end, later when you have Montel and Ricky Lake start coming on, do you remember they took in call-ins? No, so I, that became I, a thing on Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Okay. And if okay. you remember, she kind of positioned herself as like an elderly sort of relationship sex therapist later in her life, so that absolutely occurred. Yeah, that occurred at the time that she was on television, and I was watching it in daytime TV. Fair enough. I, I yeah, but no, I um, yeah, that 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 whole sequence, and then uh, thing getting a job as a delivery thing for <laughs> Federal Express. Yeah, that that's one of those things I was talking about earlier. I'm like, that's like if you think about how the process of getting a job, how difficult that shit is. And then you like when you're it must suck if you're unemployed and you like go out to see a movie and you see Adam's family and you're like, I'm really struggling. But, I've you know, someone let me five dollars or four dollars to see this movie in 1991. I'm just going to, you know, watch a movie and you see his fucking disembodied hand just fucking slinging mail left and right. You'd be like, that's fucking depressing. <laughs> I, this fucking right, hand. That motherfucking like, hand has a union job he has benefits he has salary in clear like increases ingrained it must have been so insulting like so like that economy like how did he get the job without an interview i guess it wasn't a it clearly wasn't a headhunter it was a fucking hand hunter it was it was like good night everybody (laughs) 
it was it was fucking weird, man. And like I'm I'm just imagining that poor sap who's watching the Adams family's like, this is bullshit. I've got two fucking hands. What the fuck? Um as I'm a, overqualified. As you as, as the fuck out of that movie is what you do. And <laughs> you're I, just tired. As a guy that only has one hand, I can I I I'll empathize, but that's beside the point. Um that <laughs> the the but you bring up something that leads into a question that I wanted to ask you both coming into this. And, and obviously, when I thought of this question, I was not aware of how much either of you knew about the, the, uh, the, I, I don't want to say history, but the, the, the mythos of, of the Adams family. If, I, uh, but I want you both to think about it as if coming into having only been exposed to the Adams family through this first through these movies, and especially the first one, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of juxtaposition about how they got all this money. Like, I don't need like, you know, 30 minutes of background. Like, I don't need a whole segment, but like something that explains why they just have like gazillions of dollars because they- I think it was originally an idea and when the strip comes around we're really like it's one of those ideas that there's this lost like I don't know almost Polish Lithuanian Commonwealth family that's descended from the batteries you know like right it's it's like a Habsburg displaced. It's this weird gothic family from a gothic novel that has no place like in the modern world. And it's it's so bizarrely like literary and at the same time making fun of all those like it's making fun of a Bram Stoker's Dracula kind of. Yeah. So um it's it's one of those things I always really appreciated. And I'm just if you came into it from this movie and that alone, let's assume you knew none of that. I think that's what you would take away, that the atoms are, one, just chaos, magic, like, reigns around them kind of thing. And two, they're from another world, another time. They they can't be bothered. It's just the magic of the Adams family, the magic of the macabre. The, that's all true. Uh, the one answer is that Charles Adams, the cartoonist who created the Adams family um mm-hmm. he he just wrote very brief descriptions of what they were like originally none of them had names like they didn't have names in the comic strips with the exception and they the majority of them got their names when they were making the show in 62 and but the exception being is Wednesday had her name Morticia had her name because they somehow like made dolls or figurines or something and like 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 before they even made the show there was like merchandising of those and they got their names through that the, um the, the, but because I, I remember when i watched it rico i thought about something you had said on a different episode about a different franchise and i'm not gonna go as far as you went with it but when we were discussing the batman you were saying you felt like we picked up with the sequel we didn't really pick up like there was a whole movie we were missing no i don't feel like we're missing a whole movie's worth of content i'm not gonna go that far but i feel like we picked up midway through the you know what i mean or at least maybe the beginning of the second act one of those it's one of those the people that came to see the first movie had spent a lifetime aware of who the Adams family were. Now you're bringing the weird ass, lovable, like people that connected with that when they were younger, you're bringing it to the screen. Whereas 
the second movie is people that have seen the first movie and don't necessarily know. You just take it on faith that they have some kind of weird generational wealth. It's the Adams family. It's you. I mean, they're fucking. They're partners with Scrooge McDuck. That's like it's the well, same. Well, I mean, but you understand where I'm where I'm of coming from, you know, so it's, it's like I, it wouldn't uh, surprise no, me. It's if, it's like juxtapositioning, like, also, I, I don't want to politicize it, but it's also that very much that old world, like, you're putting the Carnegies, if they were weird as fuck, and putting them into a modern environment. Sure. How does that family, like, function? It, it wouldn't even surprise me if, like, their ancestor was, like, Vlad the Impaler. Like right, no, no, I, I'm, I'm with you, and like I said, I don't just something that explained, you know, like you know something. I don't know. It it, it just felt that because I, as you know, Rico, when I go in and watch I love, these, when, just when really I, quick. I'm sorry, let me interrupt you just really quickly. Yeah. I'm gonna point this out as a history person. I love that uh, Rico went with Vlad Tepish, and I went with the Elizabeth <laughs> Bathory. But either way. <laughs> Same, like same difference. Yeah, sorry. it works. I'm so sorry, CJ. No, you're fine. You. No, no, you're fine. I, I actually forget what I was going to say now, but it wasn't like vitally important to the discussion. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't destroy the movie. I just go into these looking at the very different when I evaluate them for Potosku versus, hey, I feel like watching the Adams Family. You know what I mean? So, right. so when I do that, what? it's like it makes me think about it from like, huh, I wonder where this money came from. Does it ruin anything for me? No, not at all. Like it does not change anything. It just, it just brought up a question that I never really thought to ask but prior. You know, I have a, I have a better question. On top of that, are sure. both of you people? that have to have like extreme logic in a movie because a, to me i already know i'm going in to see the damn adams bet there is no logic they're just what they are it's it's sort of like asking me to watch something that has modern sensibilities in a steampunk environment like the first season of the dirt gently's uh remake with uh what's his nuts the police frodo it, it's kind of that Elijah. Okay, I just ex- yeah, I just accept that it's in a different universe that's parallel to ours. But are you guys those kind of people when you go into movies? Do you have to have like it makes sense, or can you just this is what it is and I accept it? I, I, go ahead, CJ. I, you, you say it first. I would say more Rico than me. I'm gonna let him speak and speak his mind, of course, but. I, I would say, because we, we tend to have that argument, he and I, amongst ourselves all the time of, like, shut your brain off and just sit back and watch. So I think, I think and I think this is part of what Rico was about to say, too. It depends on the style of movie, the topic of the film. You know, certainly, like, the MCUs, the Addams Families, you know, any of that type of stuff. Typically, no. Um, and I, I didn't even need it with this. It was just a thought that came to mind as I was watching it. But again, it didn't change anything. Um because but i know rico and i tend to disagree on on needing that logic depending on the the film type like and and that's pretty much my opinion but i will i'll give an example it's like my my whole thing is like yes i can appreciate this is in a different universe this is a different world they are clearly not really i mean they're human but kind of not really um yeah but one of my go-to examples would be something like 
the Dark Knight Rises. Like, I, I, I can pull my brain out and let it do its thing and let the movie be, do the movie. Really? But then when you, yeah, I can. Oh. Like, but when you throw in plot holes, that's where I'm like, mm-hmm. that's what takes me out of the film. Like, if you're going to make a movie, even though it's Batman, it's the most realistic version of Batman with maybe arguably the, the, uh, the Battinson version, right? So, okay, it's fucking Batman. There's fucking ninjas everywhere. They've taken over fucking Gotham and fucking Bane is just that motherfucker. Okay. And then I'm like, all right, I, I love comic book movies. I'll let it do its thing. But how the fuck did Bruce Wayne go from like the Middle East or India or where the fuck he was? No resources, freshly healed back, no Alfred, got all the way back to Gotham without being fucking seen. That's where I, my yeah. type of moviegoer that I am, where I'm like, I'll fucking watch a movie with Thanos fucking snap his fingers with a bunch of jewelry and wipe out existence. And I'm ex- I accept it what it is. You but- accept it because he's a god. The, the logic of real life isn't supposed to apply to a god. It should apply, however, in Batman just suddenly showing up somewhere with no resources. I agree with that. Like, I, that, that's I'm my- the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's like if Uncle Fester is going to fucking you know, be what he is, you know, he is what he is. He's, he's definitely a fester. And then you're like, how the fuck did he like just fucking turn Tully around upside down up against the wall? I'm like, that is an amazing feat of strength. Like, God damn. And where has that strength been the rest of the movies? It's little things like that where I'm like, all right, it works for the character. But then you're like, if you think too fucking hard about it, you're going to just del- obliterate all of character development. It's one and of what those. Are. Yeah, it's one of those things that there should be a, sensu- a situational like, what can these characters do? If anything's out of bounds, then anything's out of bounds. But it's that's the problem, actually, with the second movie is, yes, we're bringing them into the real world. But then you put real world boundaries on who they are, how they function. And then at other times you don't. So if I was going to complain about something in a second movie, I think that would be what I complained about. Like the fact that the Adams kids could be contained by a camp and like within wall, you know, it's, it's sort yeah. of silly. It's like a, it just, it, in that way, I totally agree. In that also, way, like that's what doesn't hold up. And I already accept that everything's magical. You can't suddenly put real world parameters on what our characters can and cannot do. I, I would I would agree with the whole like kids at camp thing if they hadn't shown that one scene with the kids going to the wedding. But they got a pass for that. She even says it. They never said to their parents, hey, we fucking hate camp. It's the worst thing for us. Let me explain what's going on there. They're making us fucking do plays. They're making us fucking watch Disney films. They're fucking, this is the most miserable fucking time. Who told you we wanted to do this? The fucking nanny who's fucking marrying Fester? Fuck that bitch. We don't want to deal with it. There was never a conversation. They had that conversation after they escaped. That's the stupid, that is when Wednesday Adams has been at her most dumbest. Exactly. And that they're literally back contrary. home and they're like, all right, yeah, we're going to go back to our fucking torture in the fucking cab in the woods. That blows contrary to everything that is Wednesday Adams. She right. is just a chaos monster. 
So, if yeah, she just wasn't uh, at the wet, if they weren't at the wedding, then I then that totally that holds up, right? right? Yeah, it's that it's that moment of okay, so you're out. Like we're supposed to know that Morticia and Gomez listen to their children, their great parents. So now the bitch that's no longer the nanny who's marrying our uncle, it is no longer our nanny, told you this thing. Like it goes against character that the Adams wouldn't listen to their children. Like yeah. it, there are, I mean, there are massive plot holes, but again, I like, I excuse it just because it's a different time in movie storytelling. So it's one of those interesting points that because I love, but okay. So here's the next transition. You guys are watching this for an intro to like Halloween week. I consider this a Thanksgiving movie and I watch them back to back on Thanksgiving because one, you can only watch planes, trains, and automobiles so many times. And two, like to me, that's my back-to-back Thanksgiving movie because of the Thanksgiving play. Well, even though we, even though we don't see your face anymore right now, Jess, I'm gonna break your heart and tell you I've never seen planes, trains, or automobiles. But you know that's a different discussion. What um, do you watch? What do you watch? I just don't understand. <laughs> He eats. He wa- he he watches the fucking like football game. He eats and that's it. Pretty much. That sounds that so sounds you're, you're just watching the fucking Eagles like your goddamn Mac from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> and that's like that. He's never God, seen I It's Always Sunny either. Ah, you're killing me, CJ. It I I've I've watched no that that's not that it's not true. I've watched two episodes and didn't like either of them. So but I did I did eventually binge the Goldbergs and I'm a fan of that. So there you go. If you you want a juxtaposition. And they they actually they wrote Jeff Garland out of the show this year. Yeah. So um but that's a different discussion. Um I appreciate the Goldbergs only because the one that plays the youngest child voices like Yumulak on solar opposites. So therefore I'm glad that the Goldbergs exist. To make that kid famous enough to do voice acting. How exciting. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> oh. So in, in the research I've done, all, the little bit of research I did for these, I did notice some changes they made for the movies that are different from even the TV show. I'm not even going to reference the comics right now that I found kind of interesting. I don't think it changed anything to the point of um, disrupting the the... The enjoyment of the story, I don't think. But like, for example, uh, in we'll, we'll start with grandma or, or or mom, depending on who you're talking about. But the 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 Morticia's mother in the movie in the show apparently was actually Gomez's mother, um, and not Morticia's. And then to a more titular character, Fester was Morticia's brother, and not uh, or uh, uncle. Mort- no, he was, he was uncle. Morticia's uncle. Uncle, uncle. I think the one I read was brother. So no, no, no. Well, mm-hmm. they may have flip flopped, but your uncle. You're, it was he was definitely in the show. He was Morticia's uncle, but then they they it wasn't like it was just the show, and then it was the movies. Like there was a whole bunch of shit, right? Yeah, in between. Like they they did a televised Halloween special where we, they got the majority of the cast back uh and it was not particularly amazing like john aston's back uh 
Jack, uh, Jackie uh, Coogan was back. But then they they tried to do like an animated show, and I think I think it was like that. The, Actually, the, yeah. in the er, yeah, they, there was a whole thing in like the late 80s or mid 80s mm-hmm. where and I think that's more or less where they established okay. that Fester and uh, Gomez became brothers. And then because the movies were so fucking popular, I think everybody just now assumes that Fester and Gomez well, have always other, been brothers. That's the other thing I read is that every iteration since then has had it in that that lineup. I'd have to double check the the later stuff. I know for a fact that they because they made a new Adams Family show that was live action that was very Saban. You know, Saban owned it, so it was like yeah. it was kind of very reminiscent of the production quality of the Power Rangers. And it was just a colored modern version of the original 60s show to the point where the guy who played Gomez was a complete look and sound alike of John Astin. And then John Astin eventually guest starred as Grandpa Adams, basically playing Gomez. I um, I didn't find the thing but I, I that I read, but I did find two things you might find really interesting, Rico. First off, uh, did you see who turned down the role of Fester? And it's just it's relevant based on the conversation we did the last episode, but in in the movies? Yeah, the movie. Yeah. Um No who? Anthony Hopkins. Oh god, that would have been I don't yeah, I don't think that would have worked. And then and then according if he, if he was playing the uncle of Morticia, that would have worked. But him playing the brother of Raul Julia, I don't think would have worked. Now, th- now, this is just a speculation thing, but it's actually kind of interesting. It says, at the beginning of the movie, Gomez laments that it's been 25 years since Fester disappeared. Yes, and we know that. We've referenced it a few times. The yep. Adams Family was released in 1991, 25 years after the television show was canceled in 1966, possibly yep. implying that he left the home following the show's cancellation. Could be. Yeah, I, I think I remember reading that, and I was like, that that's pretty... The fact that someone did the math... Yeah, I mean, it... it and the I'm math not, came out correctly is pretty fucking impressive. Whether it's on purpose or not is still pretty interesting, just to, like you said, you know. The, the weirdness of the fact Regardless. that how, how... How the Adams Family movie became, like, the movie, it was like a bunch of, like, people in Hollywood happened to be in the car, hanging out, and one of the kids started fucking singing the Adams Family song, mm. which has become completely bastardized over the years. Like sure. when Uncle Fester farted, I'm like that. I I thought those were the legit lyrics. You know, the yeah, Adams like, really started. They all came out, blah blah blah. And Adams, like that's not the fucking song. It's just, so, and they were all doing the snaps, and it was like perfectly fucking unison. And then Barry Levinson was like, "We gotta make a fucking movie." Like. This is going to be awesome. And then MC Hammer writes the new theme. <laughs> my, I, I would probably argue my least favorite things is like the end credit songs of by MC Hammer of yeah. both these songs. I, I no, think I was so, no, 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 no. Second one is not MC Hammer. No, 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 no. Whoever the fuck either of them were, they suck. Second one's tag team. Well, they sound like they were tag teamed. Uh. Um. No, I, I'm just going to say that the problem with the Adams family is like everything that begins in a comic 
is it's a very hard like because nonlinear storytelling is a very hard thing to adapt and what story, what iteration are you going to cling to? What are you going to make it? And I think that that's readily apparent in all iterations of the Adams family. And so when you get to these movies, they're going off of what has been on screen before, what worked before, what is an iteration people can swallow, people can really cling to and what's something that they connect with because like all comic panel anything that's in a like panel non-linear storytelling it's always going to be a problem on what the translation is because some fans are going to think it's great and some fans are going to think it's not and that just is simply what it is yeah yeah i would agree with that um so one of the things that I that is prevalent to our topic, but is not in a roundabout way, is the original actor who played Fester. And I'm bringing him up because his name was Jackie Coogan. Jackie Coogan uh, was the title character of Charlie Chaplin's film, The Kid. The premise being Charlie Chaplin finds an abandoned child and raises him as his own. And it's it's a great fucking movie, and Jackie Coogan is phenomenal. So, unfortunately, Jackie Coogan was sort of the 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 uh, silent film era Macaulay Culkin because he amassed a whole bunch of fucking money. That would be it was it was big back then. It would be huge now. And his mother and his stepfather squandered like 90% of all of his fucking earnings to the point where he had to take him to court. He got about maybe 10% of what was fucking left over after lawyer fees and, and costs and everything. So he got screwed and he was the first like child star that got fucking, you know, annihilated from his, from his greedy parents to the point where Hollywood basically said, okay, let's change the laws. That's why there's called the Coogan Act, which is now it's the one thing that kind of protects ch- uh, child actors under the age of 18 unless they're legally emancipated. So that's why there's no more kids can work, uh, you know, as long as an adults are there. It's, it's limited um, hours and they have to have teachers present. They have to have their parents present for nudity scenes. All of this stemmed from the guy who eventually became Uncle Fucking Fester, which I find just really fucking interesting. And he went through but some also, serious trauma. Yeah. No, go ahead. Finish this, and then I'll I'll get to my point. You're right. There's there's two fucking things that are really interesting, whether they're true or not. I believe they're true. Uh, in 1935, when he was 21, he lost his father, Jack Hugan Sr., and his best friend. Uh, when they were killed in an auto accident, he, I think he was in, yeah, so Jackie was in the, the only, he was the only survivor. And he said it was the single saddest day of his life. Going ahead to, at one point, he was the college friend of kidnapping murder victim Brooke Hart. And it was reported that Coogan participated in the notorious lynching of Hart's Killers. So let's reiterate. The kid who played the kid in a Charlie Chaplin film, who later goes on to become Uncle Fester, changed all the laws of child actors in Hollywood forever, and also 
lynched a motherfucker. Maybe Christopher Lloyd was onto something. Or that guy from Taxi, whatever you want to call him. All right, Jess, you were going to say something? He is uh, that guy from Taxi and will always forever be. <laughs> Doing that episode. You know that guy from Taxi. No, I agree he's on something, and, and I know all that stuff about Coogan, but I was also going to point out, for all the negativity, Coogan was one of those guys that that even from, because he's in early side, like, he goes from vaudeville child to early silent and grows up really in this industry. He's one of those first guys that pulls the faces. You know, like, that classic pull-in-the-face guy. Like, yeah. if you Google this man, it's going to be pulling faces at Fester. And I, I, like, I say pulling faces, but it's something like, it's that moment when you're watching Carson and Don Rickles, somebody says something stupid and Rickles does that look. That's like, that is very much, it's not born from it. Obviously, it's a staple of comedy, especially in those days. But it's one of those landmark moments, like, I'm not saying he's not a, a monster, not doesn't have trauma, doesn't have everything that combines to make him like uh, uh, there are a lot of problematic things. But he is one of those first pull the faces guy. You he, know? He was, yeah, he was essentially like kind of a what a chubby Jim Carrey back in the day. Yeah, or Jim Carrey or Brian Cranston, like one of those guys that pulls that weird. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That 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 became like a comedic bit of being mm -hmm. like kind of a face and comedy actor. And that's the, honestly, that's one of the things I think it's really important about just that TV show is because that makes it kind of a comedy staple. That was, that was why it was one of those things that, that just pulling the faces alone on top of the other things that this, that series cemented in like what is TV comedy, what is sitcom, you know, like a very early building day. But he's that guy, so he's yeah. one of those. I'm so glad you brought him up because he is both a polarizing and an important figure. Fester essentially in the show was was uh, if Curly Howard of the Three Stooges was gothic, is really kind of how it you would sum him up to someone who. Doesn't know. Oh shit! You nailed it. Like that is a bullseye. That's a, oh damn. That's exactly right. Um, in terms of the other history of like the other characters, yeah, changing Fester to Gomez's brother. I think we're all okay with it. Like I was, yeah. I it didn't. It, once I found out, oh, he wasn't Gomez's brother from the very beginning. I was like, that, that, whatever. It didn't change my opinion going backwards to the show or going forward with new movies. I'd be curious to see is what they do with uh, Wednesday, the, the Netflix show, because if they're going more literal based on the comics accuracy, I'd be very curious because there, you know, there'll be a whole wave of, of the next generation who has only seen the not Tim Burton movies. And they're going to watch the Tim Burton show. And they'll be like, wait, why, why is Fester? Morticia's uncle. What the fuck is this? That's not how it was. And then they're going to do a Wikipedia research and like, oh shit, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I I thought it was interesting when they announced the cast for Wednesday as an example of Louise Guzman. They were like, oh my god, 
why are they making him Mexican? Like, there are a bunch of fucking people that were like, why do we need Mexicans? I'm like, dude, his name is Gomez. His name's Gomez. <laughs> Thank you. Like, he's always been Spanish or, or, or some variation of, of that. He's, I mean, Raul Julio is Puerto Rican. Uh, John Aston is really the only one who's like, his, he's definitely not Hispanic, but he was the one who was allowed to choose the name. I wouldn't Charles, say, I wouldn't say Tim Curry's very Hispanic. That's right. You, I, you know, you bring up an interesting thing because if Raul Julio was not available, Tim Curry, Tim Curry. in theory would have been a very good fucking choice. Unfortunately, he did not do a. He he was an okay Gomez in a very bad movie. It's yeah, very that's not bad. Tim Curry's fault. No, I'm sorry, that's it's, not his fault. That's it's Saban. That is Saban. It's a first iteration. It's a run out the gate. It was an attempt. Tim Curry would have killed it just as well as Raul Julia. But again, you're talking about like. Guys that invented the character, like, guys that could do that. But the thing is, like, why that would work is they have a lot of the same facial expressions. They have a lot of the same gestures. It's just, like, it's that type of guy bringing something to that. I'm not going to lie. I had to rapidly Google at the beginning of this. I didn't know that Netflix was doing a reboot it's... at all. Yeah, it's a sort of a standalone show. It's 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 Tim Burton finally fucking dipping his weird dick into the Adamses and and finally fucking being like, all right, it's my turn. When it, he should have been the one to do it in the '90s, and now I feel like it's too fucking late. But, and but to be fair, but it could be great, you know. He was gonna do it in the mid 2000s. It was supposed to be a like a a stop motion animation thing similar to Corpse Bride and Never Before Christmas of the Adams family. And it got to the point where like they were ready to do it and then someone backed out and someone said no. And then I guess it's Warner Brothers who owns the Adams or something, but they they yeah. they were like, we're gonna make an animated movie because that's what fucking kids like. And we could do a whole lot of the crazy kooky shit. And we'll talk about that some other fucking time. I've seen the first of the cartoon movies it's fine oh, shit. that's when that menendez that's when menendez father was still alive and like poor kids entertainment was taken off on that whole branch <laughs> and you've got the ninja turtles like seriously the adams family falls under that like branch of weird like kids for entertainment shit that gets its way into hollywood to to make something real it's, I mean, uh, the, the, I love fucking, going down that avenue, that avenue of four kids entertainment. The like, Adams were with fucking Scooby Doo, right? Yeah, that might like, have been that's... my that might have been my first exposure to them. Honestly, it was that crossover with Scooby Doo. I'm not gonna lie to you, like, yeah, I agree. I think that I think that really hit the. Well, there was also a I want to say the like right after the first movie. Wait a minute. What iteration of Scooby Doo is that? That's not Scooby Doo. Where are you? That's the one after that. Like where they're one. meeting all the superstars. Yes, yes. And people are guest stars. Yeah, because they did they did okay. one with Mama Cass. They did one with Batman and Robin. They yeah. did the Adams yeah. Family. Yeah. They did yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah, Phyllis Diller. Yeah, there was another 
Adams Family cartoon that came out like I think right after Values, like early nineties. I remember the, watching. Yeah, it. no, I, I watched it Here's too. Here's the thing about that's oh, that's what I was going to talk about earlier. I want to say that was the same time that that had hit. The same time the Beetlejuice cartoon hit. And who yes. the fuck's going to watch a new Adams Family cartoon when you can watch that? fucking wonder and beautiful piece of work that is the Beetlejuice cartoon. It was 1000% the same animators. It was it was the exact same writers it the same fucking the same. It looked like, you know, the guys that did Coraline had skill. Um yeah, no. I I feel like they kind of merged together in all my cartoon watching because I want to say either one was being rerun in a slot after or they were made at the same time, but it it fucking fell flat after the Beetlejuice cartoon. I can agree with that. I, I for me as a kid, I don't know when it actually came out. I'm gonna assume before it just ran in the slot after the at the time when I was a kid, Beetlejuice cartoon ran. Um, Rico, I wanna tell you a story about how I got introduced to this movie, and it is also Ironically, in the trivia, but I was going to tell this story anyway because I, I, for lack of a better phrase, lived the trivia. Um, mm-hmm. I I remember being closer to the. The only thing that I would have had wrong was the dates because apparently I I remember the dates wrong, but I was close enough. So in 1993, I was going to say the same year the movie came out, but apparently it's 93. McDonald's mm. ran a promotion that if you bought one of their premium sandwiches, i.e. Big Mac, Quarter Pounder, you know, one of the bigger sandwiches, the, for, for for an additional five ninety nine, you could get one of four movies. And The Addams Family was one of them. And you got them on VHS. You got a VHS tape for five ninety nine of one <laughs> of these four movies. And the four movies, and I will tell you right now, looking at this list, I'm pretty sure we ended up going and getting all four of them ultimately. But mm-hmm. it was it was the Adams Family, Wayne's World, Ghost, and Charlotte's Web, the animated film. Oh, I remember that with fucking Templeton and shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I watched get, Charlotte's Web a lot when I was a kid. So you could get any one yeah, of those I, on VHS, and I that's how we got and I saw for the first time the Adams Family film was that my mom bought. You know, we went to McDonald's and got dinner, lunch, whatever it was, and she bought the the video for five ninety nine. And and we put the tape in and watched it as we ate. That's when McDonald's said not some give of a that fuck. Four kids, yeah, no, they used to have great toys. It's that four kids entertainment era when yeah. you're really pushing like all of that stuff. So I like bizarrely enough, I was a lot like it's like no, I'm not saying this as hateful. I was significantly younger than you, CJ, when this happened, but I still remember it as like four year four or five year old kid that McDonald's used to do that. You could spend yeah. four bucks and get a clamshell case like Disney movie or a four kids entertainment movie for nothing. I got along with a pretty cool toy. I'm I'm pretty sure I got one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, a Pizza Hut. Same same concept. Like yeah. Um yep. But they ran that from. I remember that shit. Like yeah. they don't do that anymore. But no. I definitely remember that I mean, and what it used to bring, like awareness to movies. Just that is 
we could we could get into a whole discussion for another episode where if you went and bought a big uh, a Big Mac, you could also get a Charlie Brown glass, like a glass to drink out of, or or Girl, Gar or I Garfield still drink glass. Out of my nineties, I still drink out of my nineties Beauty and the Beast glass. There from, you go. You know, like <laughs> I want to say Burger King or McDonald's. Yeah, no, that that used to be a thing. Uh, a yeah. thing. Yeah, for I, for really cheap. I'm pretty sure I had a Batman Forever, like one of the glasses. I think I had one of those. See, but by that point, I think they were plastic. Like these were, were yeah, gla- yeah, mine were, was plastic. These sure. were actual glasses, like glass, well, you know, with well, printing on a, them. I don't know where I got it, but I had a mug. It was like a clear yeah. glass Batman Forever mug. Oh, I had that. That was McDonald's. I had that. that I know what you're okay, talking about. Okay, so yeah. I had that. Uh but what a sad fucking McDonald's statement. McDonald's had that whole collection. I still have my Flintstones one that I got from McDonald's. I have a Flintstones mug that I got from the from the John Kane uh, the John Goodman movie. Yeah. What a fucking sad statement the fact that I missed the opportunity to get fat and get movies at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, it was the shit. Man. It was. Like, it was. <laughs> um, I'm not a nostalgia person, but that was the shit. A four dollar movie, a big ass like McDonald's meal. That should be that then. should be fucking featured on a, on an episode of Stranger Things. And it's showing it yeah. be like good ass toys too. Yeah, that that came a, along with the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, Jess, we're. I think we're about ready to wrap this thing down. Unless you have anything else you want to say, we're going to play our game. But if you have something you want to say before that, and we'll certainly let you plug all your stuff after the game, so that that we can do after. But is there anything else about the Adams specifically you wanted to bring up that we didn't already kind of discuss or cover? I don't have a thing else except for every time I just want to congratulate you both. Um, every time I do the show, I am blown away by the. Uh, the elements I don't think of when it comes to approaching. <laughs> no, and I'm not even being a smart. I know you guys know me, but I'm really not being a smart ass. Oh, no. Just like bringing it all in and and like the little things about who could have been cast who. And we get into the minutia of what was this character's role. It always astounds me. And it makes me, no matter how, and I love film and television as you guys know it's like my favorite thing in the whole goddamn world you know i was raised in the homer since simpsons tradition of stupid tv take that back boy you know like one of those kind of don't you ever say anything about television and so despite what i think i know i always think it's astounding when i come on the show you guys blow me away the amount of research and knowledge that you have and make me look at different avenues and remember different things in scope of film. And it is astounding. I love being here. That's the only addition I had. Well, th- thank you, Jess. And I'll send the check out later this week for the, that we promised you for that. Um, like you <laughs> motherfuckers pay me. <laughs> um, no, thank No, thank you. No, we, I think I, I don't want to speak. I'll let Rico speak with himself, but I think that's, that's kind of our goal is to make sure we kind of do that every time we do one of these is that I could bring that kind of knowledge to people. So yeah, appreciate it. I you concur. Do it well, you- you you you're blown away you just blew us so thank you yeah uh, <laughs> we're yeah. all in a big you know what we've come together with yes we three, have like 
three dildos and a metronome, and we're all kind of blowing each other <laughs> as we um, come together. So well, I don't know how to transition well, from that. Well, but hold yeah. on, before before we move on to the final game, you you did mention just like recasting. Why don't we like? Yeah, yeah. I do mean, a, do a little recasting. It's, yeah, it's one so, of the few times we haven't done that actually. So uh, that oh, could be fun. Shit. So, so we're talking within the time frame. We have to think who's a no, star. No, 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 no. Oh it, no! I, with my only thing, I think there should be a rule is that you can't choose who's already been, who's already played it. So like, no Tim Curry, no Raul Julia, yeah, no Christopher Lloyd, no Angelica Houston. You can take anybody. It doesn't matter if they're living or dead. It doesn't matter if they were popular in the fucking '80s or if they were dead in, in now. You could pluck them from obscurity. But they can't have already been cast. You can take someone who's been like, like you could make Raul Julia Fester as an example. You could do that. Yes. It's sort of the rules yeah. that I'm I actually there. like, okay, within those rules, if I was going to, there's no movie to me without Raul Julia, but let's assume that he was Morticia's uncle. Raul Julia is perfect for Fester in the traditional cast, right? Like he's perfect. To be okay. the weird, rent, like rich, daddy Warbucks kind of uncle that makes all of this wheel and deal. He would do well at that. Um, the problem with Morticia, and this is the problem with Angelica Houston. It's the problem I have with like Wes Ed is that she's so hard to replace mm -hmm. because she's so subtle and she's so fucking talented and stupid that you don't always appreciate the performance. I would think the only person that could do that equally as well would be Helena Bottom Carter. See, she's too young for the original movies. So let's we're we're doing fantasy cat like fantasy a casting. I think she could do that. I think she could pull it off. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know another woman in Hollywood other than like Angelica Houston, Helena Bottom Carter. I'm really lost for like, you know, a, a woman that can do those campy, kitschy, weird parts. It's a it's a hard thing to cast. I I got everyone but the kids. I think we can let, leave the kids out of it. I mean, there, no, there's just no Wednesday, yeah. no Wednesday, no Pugsley. That's what you're well, saying. I mean, like, who who cares at that point? Okay. I mean, no, 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 no. The, the well, fact that they got lucky with Christina Ricci to play yeah. Wednesday is pretty amazing. Uh, agree, no, agreed, agreed. I was just just kind of throwing it out to the world, but yeah, I I, I have the you, rest you, of the cast. Pugsley can be and the fat why, kid from the Sandlot. Yeah, like, there you go. I, you're exactly right, though, and they got so lucky with Christina Ricci, and that's why I think the second movie carries. It's because she carries that. Oh, yeah. No, no. She's I mean, just, she, really she was such a phenomenal little actress. Like, then, more or less, as a woman that's my same age, she's yellow jackets, blew me away. Like, she's just such an astounding actress. And even at that age, like, it's irreplaceable. Well, but the problem with Fester is if we're looking at the scope of everybody, and let's assume we recast him with Raul Julia. Then you've got the Gomez problem. I, I don't even know how you fill that. I, like, how, how do you find that guy? It's such a tight character, and it takes such a character actor. I, I don't know that we have anything. I think I, I, think I, I have this, honestly, for, 
a new cast. Rico, I got to look up one guy. Cause I, no, I just remembered his name. I couldn't remember his name, but I just remembered it. But do you want me to give you my... No, we're not worried about... Yeah, yeah. We're not worried about time. Like you said, this is anyone anywhere, right? Agreed. Okay. Yeah. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna go right down the line. First off, I got Helena Bonham Carter, but not as Morticia. I got her as the mom. I got her as playing. She be, she be. Yeah. That's the problem with Helena Bonham Carter. She's interchangeable. She can play anything. No, for sure. But that's where I've got her. Um, I think that's a good choice. Actually, I, I've got I've got. I'm gonna try to go from least impressive to most impressive if I can. I got so I should have actually started with this. I got Brandon Routh playing Lurch. Is he that tall? Compared to uh, the rest of the yeah. cast that I'm giving, yes. I yeah. Okay. Okay. Um I got Brandon Routh playing Lurch. I got I got um I got Jonah Hill playing Fester. I hate that motherfucker and I hate that. <laughs> okay. I, I see I see his angle. I see it. I actually I could see that. And actually, I, I could recast Lurch already with John Berenthal, possibly, if not Brandon Routh. I'm going to recast it. The only other person I would say Lurch, but it's a weird choice, Cameron Britton, that played Ed Kemper in Mindhunter and plays uh, Hazel in Umbrella Academy. That giant motherfucker, but he's such a great actor. Yeah, I... Okay. All right, mind. So... That one's law. So, so Fester's Jonah Hill. I got Emma Stone as Morticia. Yeah. No. I think she could pull it off. Do it, Based wait, do on I, do, her do, performance in Cruella, I mean, it's possible. Do, wait, do I have the right person? I, I might have the, that I, was, It was fine. She, I have the right person. She's Hermione, right? Because that's who I'm looking for. That's Emma no, Stone. That's no, that's Emma Watson. Emma okay, so Watson. Emma Watson then is who I have as, as Morticia. I like that a little bit more than Emma Stone. Emma I Stone like that is. I, way more. I, that's my yeah, apologies for getting the name wrong, but I was. Thinking Hermione. Emma so. Stone, I just think of big, wet iguana eyes. But, you know, so, Emma no, Watson's I, talented. So. Emma, Emma, Emma Watson yeah, is Morticia. And then, Rico, I think you're going to find this one the most intriguing of all of them. I got Justin Long as Gomez. I absolutely think he could pull that off. He's a he's a great underrated mimic and actor. I think I think that's not bad. I, 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 could, I could fuck with this version. I'm not saying um, it's the greatest casting in the history of casting, no. but I, 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 if if we're recasting, you're gonna that's... have to have a hell of a director with Justin Long in that. Pro- that's the only thing you're gonna have to have. You're gonna have to have somebody that directs his every motion, his every. I don't think he he's that Fester. Why? I don't think he's that talented. As you're asking, but when you cast the Adams Family, you're asking for a lot to a character like somebody that can do a character and you're wanting like an interpretation of an actor taking that over but i think again you run into that if it's any kind of panel anything like it's cemented already in people's brains that there's a certain like joie de vivre or lack of with each character and i think justin long is just too graceful talented like I disagree. Based now, based on his performance in like Tusk, I was thinking the lawyer. I was thinking the lawyer and reboot. Actually, that's what inspired me to the lawyer and reboot. Well, I mean, he's basically playing the the character he played in uh, in Zack and Mary. That yeah, that's been yeah, same character basically. So, yeah, but if you do that, I mean, he he can be 
terrified in Jeepers Creepers. He can be he he could be nerdy in Galaxy Quest. He could be kind of sardonic in Accepted. Yeah, I think I think I think you're being my a little too unfair. Is, I, I am being unfair, but my problem is I've only ever enjoyed Justin Long in one movie or anything really truly. And bizarrely enough, it was Strange Wilderness. He had me at the character that's taking that massive bomb rip when Steve Zahn's character goes over to introduce himself. He's just like, I can't, I, I can't right now. Like, it, and the smoke's coming out. But if you've ever been a, a weed smoker, you know that moment. So unfortunately, like, I, I, again, I just, I didn't love him in horror movies. I didn't, I'm just not a Justin Long fan i think it's probably my problem i'm not saying he doesn't have the range i've just not seen it from him fair enough fair enough but that's that's what i got rico what do you got because you have to give us ours yours still i'm 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 trying to remember the fucking name of one of them so i need to i need to double check i might be able to help you if you i got it i'm i'm almost there i just need to get one quick name that's what she said giggity 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 goo (laughs) <laughs> okay all right uh fuck this is this is really a hard one um okay for morticia i have i have two possibilities okay one is christina ricci as morticia. yeah i mean yeah if, we, if we're if oh, we're kind of no. doing a reboot yeah. yeah i'm in for sure yeah if this was sort of late eighties, early nineties era, but I then I would go Michelle Pfeiffer. I would yeah. go Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. over like over like Cher. Who actually like wanted Cher, to do, who actually wanted to do it according to the trivia. I um, think she's too animated. I think Michelle Pfeiffer's got I, that stern coldness she, yeah, and sensuality. Michelle, like Cher's gonna go into that Minstruck style. Like she's yeah. just if if you're talking yeah. era, Rico, I would argue even potentially Julia. I know you're not the biggest fan, but Roberts. Yeah, I think she could do it based on the way she, the base based on the way she her plays. Tinkerbell. Ba- I don't need to watch her based, fuck up Morticia Adams. Based based on the way she plays Tess, Tess Ocean. I I guess. I mean, that's a little yes. bit more. That's a little bit more reserved. But I yeah, I'm not. Yes. I, I would I would have Uma Thurman. Over Julia Roberts. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a good poll. Some yeah, I could see that. Yeah, good poll. Um, for yeah. Gomez, you're you're gonna roll your eyes, CJ. But like in theory, Johnny Depp would have worked. Always, that's the problem. I see. He would not. Of... He would not have been Raul Julia. He would have done no. But I see him closer to like Mad Hatter or something. I see him more. But as... it would have come out better than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory bullshit. I... Like I think he would throw himself into the role of Gomez. I I see him more as Fester than I do as Gomez. If I was gonna cast Gomez, I'd almost go. Um. Oh shit! The he played Watson and. Sherlock Holmes. Why am I blanking? I Jude hate Law. That yeah. Oh, Jude right. Law. I thought you were talking about Martin Freeman. No, whose no, no, no. Entire skill as an actor is just huffing into a camera, looking off to the side, and then looking back as a villain, <laughs> as Watson. That's his entire range. No. I, All right. I would say Jude Law, maybe, but you know. 
the the other the other possibility for Gomez is Benicio del Toro. If you're really going to stick to the Latin yeah. element, yeah, I could see that. Absolutely, and there we go. I could a see that weird shovel face. I yeah. hate looking at his face. He creeps me out. Del Toro is faster. Uh, or our Gomez. He could be either one. No, that's what I said. I said Del Toro as Gomez. Oh, as Gomez. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Fester. No, Gomez. Oh, God. All day. That's a good one. That's, that's a, a good poll. Good one. All right. For Fester, I, I'm i going to go straight to Lou Costello. A lot of Lou Costello's zaniness is very reminiscent of Fester Adams without the fucking, you know, Macabre. Oh shit! So I could have pulled from back in the day. Yeah, I said oh, I pluck it from any time. Yeah. I, I yeah. Sorry, I'm just dumb. I didn't understand the rules. I thought we were setting it in a modern context. Damn, that's okay. good too. Yeah. All right, oh, for yeah. Lurch, I want Dolph Lundgren. That's a good pull. Good pull. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll give <laughs> you that. Yeah. He's just like he, like you know, he greets somebody. And he's just like, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> you, you know, he, he doesn't have the height for it, but you know who could pull it off? Mm. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel could just be that guy that just stands there, looking menacing. Like he, he would be jizzing at just the title of like because it has the word family in it. <laughs> and fucking Adam's family life. <laughs> uh, um, no, I think uh, like an early. Hard to like struggling with English, Rutger Hauer. If you could have shot it in a way that makes him look taller, force perspective, put the shoes on and force perspective. If Andre the Giant didn't look like he did, but had the height and the voice, nail it, right? Or the guy who plays uh, Carl in Big Fish. Who the fuck is Carl? He's a fucking giant and he's a complete toilet. All right. Alright, uh, the final one I have in terms of the family, because like we're obliterating Cousin It, because whatever, um, is for Grandmama, I think we go to the original fucking old-ass witch bitch, and it's Margaret Hamilton from the Wicked Witch of the West. No one does it better. Every other fucking old, haggard woman is an imitation of Margaret Hamilton, as far as I'm concerned. I disagree, but okay. Oh, I would... Um... Like, on the old haggard woman, you could even have gone really comedic as something as far as, like, a Carol Burnett or who the hell plays the mother in Bewitched? What's her name? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know her name. Hold on. Who plays Agatha in Bewitched? Good <laughs> Lord, we should. She's pretty fucking famous. I'm disappointed in all you of You know, B. Arthur would have been good. B. Arthur. Enough said. Done. I just always think of that why, why from Futurama, and no, that's perfect. B. Arthur would have killed it. All right, so uh, hold on, because there's a question that was asked. I I want to get this because we can't leave that hanging in the ether. You said it was Agatha. Jess was the character. I believe that is the name of the mother of Samantha on Bewitched. Are you talking Agatha. about? Is it Endora? Because I don't see an Agatha. Oh, Andorra. Sorry, Andorra. That's, that's, <laughs> I have an Aunt Agatha. <laughs> that that's English and weird. Sorry. That's Andorra. all right. Andorra. Andorra, is Andorra is Agnes Moorhead. God damn it. There we go. Agnes Moorhead. What Ugh. a fucking name to live up to. 
Well, and Morehead. She and died in nineteen seventy. She died nineteen seventy four. So likely not gonna do it. But uh, uh duh. But I. Oh my God! Neither is Lou Costello. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Although, although don't don't change the rules. Although, although to tie to tie it all together. She was the goose in Charlotte's Web. She was the voice of the goose in Charlotte's Web. Really? So, yeah, so there you go. We'll tie it all back together. Um, yeah, she's old school, famous Hollywood. I think I think it's time to play what's in the box office, Rico. What do you say? I'm I'm with you. Let's do it. Um, Jess, you said you looked up. Did you only look up the first Adam's Family, or did you look them both up for the money? Uh, I looked them both up for the money again 15 episodes ago when we did it, so I know the answer, so okay. I'm sorry. No, you're I'm fine. I'm that asshole that has no, out-researched no. their preclusion in the game. I'm, I'm a dick. No, you're not. You're fine. All right, Rico, give me a budget. For Adam's Family, one... <sighs> Twenty-seven. I'll give it to you. It's thirty. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Jess, our our general rule of thumb. Our our general rule of thumb is that if it's with if it's double digits or higher, then if it's within five million, we give it to them. So that's just the just so you know. Oh, within five million. So I'm sorry. I thought we were using basic rounding rules. If he had said twenty-five or up, he's within the. Nope. He can just you know like. Five or up, you round. Five or, or yeah, no, four down, you don't. No, so so <laughs> if if he had said anywhere between twenty five and thirty five million, we would have given it to him. So that's that's just yeah. where it is. So he nailed it. He nailed, he nailed it. it. Yep. So I'm I'm curious on box. Okay, so yeah, box let's, office, Rico. Let's go. And I can't give a range. This is no, see, you can't. I did. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I in the trivia things it said that like the critical reception. For Adams one was lukewarm, but it had a bigger box office than values, whereas everyone loved values when it came out. Well, it it so I'll tell you that it did not bomb. You got eaten on the budget. You got eaten on the budget on the back half. It's all right, not so like, it's hey, not hey, 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 no, 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 hey, no, 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 hey, no, 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 you're not no clues. Help, Stop. No clues. He doesn't get all clues. Right. All right, so oh, <laughs> okay, fine. Box office. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna go r- cool round number. Two hundred mil. Lower. One eighty-seven. You just fucking. You want to talk about skating the edge of the the, the thing? Yeah. What? One ninety-one five. Like <sighs> you. You don't have to give it to me. No, no, I'm giving it to you. No, because that's four okay. point. You got it within four point five, like or uh, or three uh, point. So see, oh no, I can I can play the next round. I don't remember the box. Okay, I okay. Played this uh, from. Go ahead. The, the, remember, we played this on the. Go ahead. Let's did play we, the, we? I don't remember if we did or didn't. Let's play the second. Okay, budget first. I don't first. remember the figures clearly. Budget first on values. Rico. Um, oh, yeah. Jess, you said you 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 said you had I, the budget for this anyway, so you can't play this this half. No, I'm saying I obviously don't remember because I thought the box was lower than 191. I thought okay. it was 183. Obviously, I don't remember the figures okay. well. All right. Uh, for, uh, so uh, budget for values, 
I have a sneaking suspicion it's not something like normal, like 50 or something. So, but I, because the first one did so fucking well, I'm going to say 44 million just to fucking be off. I'm going to give it to you, but you should have stuck with your gut because it's 47. Like, really? Fuck you. Sorry, Jess, I forgot you were playing. I'm sorry, Jess. I forgot you were going to play it. I apologize. No, but... that I clearly remember, but I couldn't tell you the box. So okay, so yeah, fun. That, that that's okay. funny because you said it's some not something like fifty, and I'm looking at this number going, it kind of is. So ah, all right, it was so a significant box stuff, like right, budget stuff. So if I guess the box office, don't confirm it, and then Jess, you guess the box office, and it's not significant, cool, cool, Jess. Cool, cool. It's not a significant jump. It's only a seventeen million difference in the budget. That for us, a significant would be like fifty to a hundred different but, jumps. So uh, that's okay. what I'm saying. It's not significant. Oh, I thought you said budget. it was significant. I'm sorry. It's you must no, have cut out. Okay, it's yeah. Insignificant. Yeah. Budget. So I, I'm going to say 110 million for the box office. Jess. 118. Lower, Jess. 117. Really. 116. 115. Lower, Jess. I'm pretty fucking close, I feel like. Okay, uh, 112. All right, it's 111, so you both literally hit either side of it. The low box. It's a low box to budget increase. I do remember that. Uh, sorry, I, we literally played this game, or yeah. I at least said it to you guys, because I remember Maddie yelling at me for being like, this bitch did research. <laughs> this is not <laughs> well, okay. That's yeah. I mean, that's all right. It happens. But, uh, um, it's still a pretty significant haul. Yeah, for, for sure. Winter. Yeah, and for ninety three. I would also, I would yeah. also argue at this point, you know, Enrico, you and I've talked about this about a number of films. Is that this is again one of those films? I think did, well, it did fine in theaters. It obviously didn't bomb, but I think I think the word of mouth VHS DVD sales, it's probably triple, if not five times that at this point in gross Agreed. sales. You know, I mean, especially the first one. I feel like the first one does better on sales in, in that market mm-hmm. than the second one. Um, but the second one's not a fucking flop. They no, I didn't. Profit. I'm not, not saying that. Significant profit. Like, yeah. as far as making movies, they came in and came out pretty clean on both of these. Absolutely. So, Jess, where where, and how can people, besides listening to us, find you and, and hear things that you have to say? You can, of course, always find and follow me on Twitter at Jessica B. Manor. You can find and follow my podcast, which is about death and disaster throughout history. Um, you can find that at Body Count pod we're going to be coming out of hiatus soon we've done a lot of different things on this show but we're going to bring back our our kind of og format um and that's going to be coming out very soon (laughs) i've been working way too hard on uh, in the spirit of talking about uh camp chippewa i've been working way too hard on king philip's war since (laughs) we're going to talk about the death and disaster of early colonial whatever um so you could uh, that's going to be the best way to find and follow us um all the links you're going to need are there 
we're kind of in a transition period, but we've got a lot of stuff coming out and we'll have a Napoleonic podcast coming out and a lot of different stuff that we've got in the works right now that is just on the precipice of when I stop being a stress ball, it will come to you. And <laughs> if, I, if I recall, I believe you would like Rico and I to show up on Body Count eventually. Oh, yes, I would. We're going to do, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll, it'll definitely be, uh, we'll, we'll definitely be in, in foreign territory for us, that's for sure. But it'll be, uh, it'll be entertaining, I guarantee you that. So, um, so thank you, Jess, for coming and always hanging out with us and being a friend. And, and we love you to death and love having you on the show. And we'll, we'll have to have you back again soon. Uh, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. But yeah, we loved having you. Thank you for coming to hang out with us. Always. Thank you guys for having me. This is my real happy place. This is my hobby. <laughs> like, it's, it's such a lame thing to say that TV and movies are your love and your hobby in life but they are my love and my great hobby in life so this is my happy place when i get to come on pod i know that i'm going to be among friends i know that i'm going to be talking about something that i love and not something that i know and so i'm always so grateful when you guys have me come on and i will be eternally grateful and i will come back as long as you invite me it's always a pleasure so thank you not a problem. And it's it's so funny, Rico, to hear two different people refer to us as their happy place. Because Jess, we're her happy place to record and we're Jay's happy place to listen to. So that's a little <laughs> it's a little weird for, for me to be someone's happy place. But sure enough, here we are. So on that note, my friend, take us home. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it, our very own post credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like the show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight-ish and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight-ish Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and Potescue. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode.
Don't forget the damn it. He's sullen. He's furtive. Backstabbing. He sucks. I suspect him. You're unbalanced. And I hate him. By God, you're right. He is Festa. Damn it. Thank you.